Welcome to Liquid Courage, the podcast where I, Amanda Pereira, sit down with a fellow female artist that I admire and ask them the questions I've never had the guts to ask them before. Sounds scary? Well, it is. So I use a little liquid courage in the form of their favorite drink. We cheers, chat, and connect as I attempt to soak up all the wisdom these women have to offer. Today I sit down with Trisha Black and enjoy some Guinness beers. Trisha is an incredibly talented performer and a staple of the Toronto comedy community. She was a cast member of Second City Toronto's 83rd and 84th Main Stage Reviews, as well as their first ever all-female show, the award-winning She the People. She is a two-time Canadian Comedy Award winner and can be seen on screen in Kim's Convenience, What We Do in the Shadows, and The Broken Hearts Gallery. She is also the artistic producer of a Broadway World award-winning theatre company, Tweed & Company, where she writes and composes new Canadian musical works. This summer, Trisha launched her podcast, One More Round with Trisha Black, a weekly comedy podcast where she sits down and has a drink, or two, with people she wants to get to know, people that inspire her, and friends who she adores. I had the pleasure of being a guest on her podcast, and I had such a great time. So after you're done listening to this episode, I highly recommend you go check that one out as well. So Trisha is an actor, a writer, a singer-songwriter, and a woman I admire immensely. Trisha. Hi. Hi. I'm like weirdly nervous for this. Why? I know. I, yeah, I don't know. I'm also, as soon as I said it, I was like, I'm the host. Like I need Yeah. To. You're in charge tonight. I am. And listen, I'm a real good, like, um, oh God, captain and mm-hmm. pilot. I like it. I will take care of you, but I get nervous. I get nervous before all po- all my podcast interviews. Do you get mm-hmm. nervous on your pod? Yeah, it depends. Like, uh, it, like, I feel like I'm in such a like realm of it now being like very con- like conversational that mm-hmm. I get less nervous. Yeah. Because before I tried really hard to prep questions and I was like, I must have asked them specific things. But then as time went on, I was kind of like, oh, no, it's slowly turning into more of this like improvised kind of thing. So yeah. I don't get as nervous unless I really don't know them. Yeah, because it's like a wild card. You don't know what's yeah. going to happen. Yeah, you're like I. I have no idea. <laughs> yeah, they could be so mean. I. I do. I. I panic because most of, uh, like majority of my guests, I'm. Mm-hmm. These are people that like yourself that I've admired for so long and I've wanted to reach out to, but I am terrified to do it. So most of these are like my first real conversations with people, and I just right. I don't know how they really are. Right. But yeah. <laughs> everyone's exceeded my expectations. My expectations were so high and everyone was even more wonderful. Everyone's probably feeling um, the same too. <laughs> mm, that's nice to just think, listen, we're all on, we all just got to make each other feel better and then we're fine. Yeah, exactly. And then we're all good. And then we're good. We're good to go. And I love your drink choice today. You chose Guinness. Yes. Guinness. Yeah. Hey, does Guinness have a little ping pong ball in there? What is that? Mm-hmm. It's like a, yeah, it's a little ball to keep for, cause it's like, night i think it's nitrode so it's like i forget i i should know more of this but it is it is because get it's to keep guinness tasting like guinness i guess like <laughs> i don't know how to explain it uh mill street has one too a lot of like oh, stouts okay. a lot of like stouts and things i really should know the wait why should the you science know? of it i just feel like i should know i feel oh. like it's a fact that i have known in the past and now I can't mm. in this moment think of why but yeah yes. it has it it so does like yeah Mill Street's like vanilla stout has it any oh. of those kind of like night I believe it has to do something with the nitro in it 
like the with nitrous. The, the the pressure. Yeah, with the pressure to keep the beer as fresh as it is, because Guinness is isn't like a like a fizzy beer. Mm. So I think it's to keep because in Guinness you're supposed to like you're supposed to pour it out fully into a glass always and upside down so that it foams so that the foam. Oh, you're not supposed to like tilt the glass over. Not with oh, Guinness, shit. no. We're like two no. minutes in. I already learned something. Oh, that's amazing. Well, I'm gonna open go. this, and for like the ASMR factor, I'm gonna open it in front of the mic. I might cut it out later yes, if it's like do torture. It. No, I love it. Also, like it's gonna make a big I hope sound. I didn't shake it. Okay, here we go. Ah! Oh my! Ah! Oh my God! I got you're scared. Okay. I sh- sh- yeah. You're okay. Oh, I love you already. You're okay. <laughs> Did you see the panic? I should like yeah, watch saw that in the full slow mo. Yeah, you truly wow. thought it was gonna like go everywhere, but it's not. It's just the pressure <laughs> of the can. <laughs> Even the sound scared me. Oh my gosh! Good thing I wiped this down with so much of like the bacteria, like the wipes. I cleaned mm-hmm. the top of this so I could just sit from it. Well, That's cheers! Good. Thank you so much cheers. for being here with me today. Cheers over my little pleasure. virtual, little virtual cheers. Oh, little virtual my cheers. pleasure. And this is our first beer together. In it is life. our first beer together in life. Really I can't nice. be the first one. I'm telling you, I think it's the first time. Okay, so <laughs> I'm saying it like this because, so I also did Trisha's podcast, One More yes. Round with Trisha Black, mm-hmm. and we were chatting about, or I mentioned how I randomly found this photo with the both of us and Flo and Joan. Why am I calling them Flo and Joan? And Nicola and Rosie, <laughs> our friends. <laughs> our friends, we want to brag that we know Flo we and Joan. We want to brag. I'm also like, I want the <laughs> listeners to feel like a friend so that they know yeah. who I'm talking about. And they've mm-hmm. been on both of our podcasts. So I'm like, if you're yes. listening, you'll know. Um, <laughs> and I found this Halloween photo from, I guess, maybe three years ago with all yeah. of us in it. And I... I have no recollection of it, but I think this is the probably the first official beer. And your podcast was the first time that we had had a conversation, which mm-hmm. is so crazy. But I'm I know so, wild. I know it's just it happens in this community. But I'm so excited yep. to have you here today. I'm Yay. so so thrilled. Um, <laughs> and I was doing some research, mm-hmm. aforementioned research that you were talking about. Um, okay, I just have to like. And I, again, wrote this because I want to really, really just give you all the respect and admiration that you deserve right now. Okay. Here are some, here are some things that you have had going on and have going on right now. Okay. (laughs) We have Baroness Von Sketch Show, award-winning Baroness Von Sketch Show, (laughs) New Eden, Kim's Convenience, Band Ladies, What We Do in the Shadows. I'm sorry. Didn't know about that one. Also, the Broken Hearts Gallery with, I'm going to mess up her name, but I'm so obsessed with her, Geraldine. Viswa Nathan? Uh, no, Nathan? Viswa Nathan? Geraldine Viswa Nathan? I can never, I always have a hard time pronouncing her name too. She's lovely though. <laughs> oh, I have such a crush on her. Like she's so amazing. Oh and yeah, then, she's like, so funny. History making, she the people cast. You have two Canadian comedy awards under your belt. You started a <laughs> podcast this year. From anyone on the outside, you are murdering it like you're killing it does it feel like you're killing it is any of that landing and like permeating into your heart in the like baby trisha <laughs> um like i guess a bit i i don't know I, like it is like it's there i guess as like an artist i'm constantly being like i can do better i can do more i can reach bigger heights but right yeah the last couple of years have been for sure a huge success for me and i don't want to like downplay it either because I feel very lucky and very blessed for the opportunities that I've been given and you know I also worked 
hard to kind of get where yeah. I am, you know, and as, as many of us do in this business. So, yeah. But I mean, it is it is interesting to hear all of your like recent credits like laid out in front of you. <laughs> And you're like, yes. oh yeah, I did do that. That was fun. That was a fun I thing I did. Like <laughs> you should have to do for yourself every once in a while. Because honestly, me reading that from, I'm like, okay, I'd be like, I know. Okay, I would feel like, okay, I'd be ready to retire. Like you fucking nailed it. Like you're done. You're great. <laughs> but of course, if I was you and got to do all those mm -hmm. things, I'm sure you know, our, our goals grow as we grow. And so once you get something that you were dreaming of, you have a new dream. And so yeah. I don't know when it ever feels like, fuck yeah, I'm great. And I'm enough right <laughs> now. Like, does that ever I, come? I don't think it does. I feel like it, yeah. I mean, I don't know, unless you're like Meryl Streep and she can like pick and choose whatever the hell she wants to do. Right, but even still, right. Meryl Streep does everything because she's probably also continuously chasing yeah. that next thing. Like, it's I like, don't think she you know, thinks we, it's enough. Yeah. <laughs> no, of course not. You know, look at like she does everything. Like Meryl Streep has done all variety of films. She's done incredible, like obviously Oscar winning performances. And then she'll do movies that you're like, huh, that's a choice. <laughs> But good What's for a you. choice? What are you thinking of right now? You're like, that's a choice. What am I thinking of? Um, I'm trying. I don't even know. Like, Not that's the problem. Put you on the spot, but yeah. I mean, I thought of Devil Wears Prada. Yeah. But no, but she's phenomenal in that movie. Oh, I love it. I'm like, I guess I'm thinking she'll do like really. She'll do movies where you're like, oh, that is an Oscar winning movie, and then yeah. she'll do movies where. Like Devil Wears Prada, here I am like, Devil Wears Prada's not going to win an Oscar. Maybe it did. Do I watch it every <laughs> year? Yes. Do I yeah. love it? Yes. Like, it's amazing. Every time um, Emily Blunt is eating that pudding when she's mm -hmm. pissed off after getting yeah. hit by the car, that, I mean, honestly, <laughs> that scene should have been nominated for an Oscar oh, yeah. when she licks the pudding off her finger. I just watched it mm -hmm. recently and I was like, COVID, oh, so oh never mind. Also, yeah. Emily Blunt is another actress that I'm like, oh, she's so funny. Yeah. Like, she's not like, why isn't she in these comedies anymore? But she's doing so many good, like, dramatic films, too. So I don't know. It's like interesting. I know. Or it's like you think of somebody like Kate uh, Hudson, who mm. is in one of my favorite movies, which is Almost Famous. Mm. And she's absolutely incredible. She's perfect. Like, she, you fall in love with her immediately in that movie and she's very good and I believe she was nominated for an Oscar for it and then all of a sudden she's just doing these like flimsy rom-coms mm. and you're like where did that Kate Hudson go from Almost Famous where's our Penny Lane like oh I need to watch Almost Famous now because <gasps> I just know her you must I know I must I must I must I must I oh, know her from like movie. how to lose a guy in 10 days which, which like great I still thought she was incredible in it but I yes. see what you're saying. It is, you know, there's so much that goes on behind the scenes, behind like all those. I mean, even like Matthew McConaughey doing all those rom-coms and then changing. Yeah. And this could be a huge rumor and I'm talking bullshit, but changing management and finally people being like, oh, no, you could do, you know, Dallas Buyers Club or you could do, you know, whatever. Right. Well, what's crazy, too, about Ma uh, Matthew McConaughey is mm. I the first time I saw Matthew McConaughey was in a movie called A Time to Kill which is an incredible film and it's by uh the book is by oh who's the guy that does all the law book like uh all the law books like, <laughs> but like, like the, the lawyer <laughs> like no, oh fuck i'm not going to impress the, you with references i'm pretty sure he also you. wrote the firm anyway it was based on a book okay. but it's this incredible film it's with uh it's with <laughs> matthew mcconaughey uh 
Sandra Bullock, oh. Donald Sutherland, Kiefer Sutherland, uh, Samuel Did, L. Jackson. Wait, didn't they both of the Sutherlands come up on your podcast too when you were telling me I about think so, Outbreak? yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was talking about Outbreak, but Love then I was like, no, I was thinking about oh, yeah. they were in this movie together. But <laughs> it's such an amazing, it's such an amazing film. It's about, so, it, oh, I mean, it's a terrible, uh, I'll just tell you the gist <laughs> of the film. It's a, it's the, the premise is, Basically, it's in the South, the Deep South, uh, in the nineties, I believe, and it's about this these two like redneck Southern awful people do horrible things to a young girl, mm. really bad, and she's a black girl, and then her dad is Samuel L. Jackson, and he shows up to the trial and kills the two guys. In in so, the in the courthouse. In the courthouse, right away, almost like right away, within the first like. 10 minutes of the film. And then that's what the movie becomes about. It's wow. about Matthew McConaughey is a lawyer and he takes on Samuel L. Jackson's case and tries to like clear him of the murder being that he wasn't there. Like he wasn't mentally there because his baby was so hurt and mm -hmm. in a violent way. And anyway, it's a beautiful, beautiful uh, film with uh, like about social um injustices and everything it's anyway every, everybody out there i got on a tangent but but definitely watch a time to kill it's a very good movie <laughs> actually now that you're saying it i'm realizing um i this was years ago i think my parents were watching it on tv when i was on my way out and i stopped i was like five minutes before someone came to pick me up and i think i watched just the beginning of it because Damn, i can picture the on. dirt road and the mm -hmm. guys in the truck, I can picture yeah. all of that. I can picture him finding out, oh my gosh. Yeah. It was often on the Super the Super Channel or TBS. <gasps> yes. I'm sure you it know, was one of those. Every yes. weekend they played it. Yeah. Anyway, great oh, flick. <laughs> great, great flick. A real feel good. Um, no, it's a, it's, but it's a not, but it's really watch. good. Yeah. <laughs> yes. yeah, yeah. Very well acted, very well directed, very, very good film. Very important. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Well, Watch somebody claps back and they're like, actually, there's there were some really bad things about the movie. And I'm like, oh, yeah, fuck. yeah. Call out culture. It's just like, OK, bye. Yeah, we're going to we, yeah. we got canceled after this one. No, um, it's a good movie. No, no, no. Um, OK, so you are from New mm -hmm. Brunswick originally and yes. you moved to Chicago for a year and studied yes. comedy there. Then moved back mm -hmm. to New Brunswick and mm -hmm. then moved to Toronto. So that's, that's a lot of leaps of faith. That's a lot of like, would you consider yourself a risk taker or like someone, oh, what allows no. you to take those jumps? No? Okay, so how do you no. take those like jumps and move cities? Even if you're moving, I know you moved to Chicago with Justin and to mm -hmm. Toronto maybe with a friend as well, but like that's a lot of guts and like faith in yourself. Yeah, I mean, so Chicago, like I had never, I've never really traveled either. So no, mm. I'm not a big risk taker. <laughs> I, I, the first time I was ever on a plane was when I moved to Chicago and we flew from Maine to Chicago uh, with Justin. Um, and he sat with me and he was like, I've got you and like held my Aww. hand. Anyway, we're best friends. I love Justin. Justin. Uh, but it, uh, it was, it, that was probably the biggest whim that I've ever done in mm. my life. I was like, it was the end, we graduated university and I was doing dinner theater and I was kind of like, is this what I want to be doing? Mm. Uh, and Justin was going and we were drunk at this bar called The Laundromat in Moncton, New Brunswick. <laughs> and we were drinking Sam Adams because he was talking about going to America. So we were like, let's Love. have some Sam Adams. Yes. Uh, <laughs> and uh, he, so I just turned to him and I was like, I'm coming with you. And he was like, yeah, bullshit, like whatever. Yeah, and then the next day I talked to my parents and they were like, okay, if this is what you want, like, 
well, let's try to make it work and we'll, you can go for a while and see how it goes. And I went, yeah. Wow. <laughs> and, and, yeah. and what was the, what was sort of the background behind deciding like, okay, and now I'm going from New Brunswick to, to Ontario. I'm moving to Toronto. Uh, I think that too was like a similar thing. I had done a, a, a musical that Justin had written called Stockyard Hurts with, he wrote it uh, and the music with my best friend, other our, both of our best friend, Danielle Leger. And they did it in Tweed, which is how I met all the people in Tweed with the, my theater company, Tweed Company Theater. Uh, and they had asked me to come back to do another show. Mm. Uh, so I was trying to decide between, I had already had a contract in New Brunswick uh, but I just kind of said, you know, I got to get out. I, mm. I, you know, it was, it was also a time in my life, like I was coming out at that time too. It was very much a, uh, a time where I had moved back to Sackville where I went to university. So it kind of felt like I was going backwards a little bit. Mm. And I, I just kind of said, you know, I got to get out. I got to get out. Cause I wasn't super happy there. And yeah, I just, I, they gave me the opportunity to come do a show. So I did. That's and I was amazing. like, this is it. This is the time. Yeah. yeah. And and I think I think you had mentioned on another podcast. So you came out around at 26. So was that around mm -hmm. that time or I guess was it just before yeah. then? It would have been around but literally I came out the day before I moved to Toronto. Like wow. to my parents. I mean, when you come out like that's the thing is like you're constantly coming out. There's mm -hmm. never really a like specific I yeah. guess that was the first time I had told like a family member mm -hmm. if if that makes sense but uh yeah I was just like bye New Brunswick hello Toronto I'm gay now <laughs> well I know I heard you joke on something else too that you were like any any all the queer artists from out east just wait till they get to Toronto and then they come out and just like hey <laughs> that's what it felt you know? like just like a joke of like now I can finally do this and just say now I can spread my wings now that I'm in the six <laughs> like <laughs> now that I'm in six I know I guess psychologically though like that change in in even like perceived culture like even before you're gonna move and be mm -hmm. here in Toronto just the idea of that I guess I wonder how do you feel like that shifted your creative voice or what types of or or what you were writing or felt like you wanted to write huge yeah huge oh it changed everything it changed everything because finally I could kind of be myself mm. uh and write things I think even still after that I was like uh, nervous for a long time like anytime I try to write things it was like a man and a woman are the love mm. interest and then I, I always knew in my heart of hearts that I wanted it to, to be two women or two men, whichever, like, or two um, non-binary or trans, just anyone that it was in anything the Anything other than one man of, and Anything one woman, other really. than, just anything, anything other than the, the heteronormative uh, views that we are used to seeing. And mm -hmm. um, it took a long time for me to be, like, very comfortable writing uh, more queer POV and uh, more like queer music and things like that too. So mm -hmm. it took me, I think I was in the Skechersons for a year before I f wrote my first like lesbian song, really? <laughs> you know? And then oh. I wrote that and the audience loved it and I went, okay, this is it. Like this is, I think this is my realm of where my comedy lies is a little bit in, the, in this field of, Musical comedy meets queerness. <laughs> <laughs> well, also just more in like truth or more in what interests you. And I'm saying that because it sounds like it's something, it's things you wanted to already be writing mm -hmm. about, but, but couldn't. Wow. What do you think was holding you back in that year while you were in Skechersons? Was it the audience? Was it the, was it co like, not that anybody wouldn't have accepted it, but just that mm -hmm. 
yeah, you I know, guess what was the fear there? I mean, I think there's always a fear and like I still have that fear even today, like performing, mm. you know, like I perform like with Second City and doing shows there, doing a queer perspective mm-hmm. is always going to be stressful and always going to be nerve wracking because you don't know who's going to be in the audience. Mm-hmm. And often more times than not, the audience that you're playing to tend to be a, a straighter, either older from out of the city audience. So in Skechersons was very similar. Um, so there's always a bit of fear when you're, when you're presenting a perspective that maybe an audience isn't used to seeing mm. or hasn't seen a lot of. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think for me, and also, I mean, Skechersons, I was finding my voice too. Like that was such a beautiful gift that I was given to be a part of that troupe because it also allowed me to find my like voice in writing comedy. Mm. Um, you know, when you write a sketch a week or or multiple sketches a week, you kind of are forced to become good at (laughs) writing quickly and finding what works for you and like where your creative voice fits, I guess. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. You kind of, and, and I would imagine too, you almost, um, in a really great way, become less precious about what you're writing because Mm -hmm. you just have to pump out material. So a, yeah. a rejection doesn't matter as much or, a, you know, I mean, yeah. theoretically, I guess. Theoretically, yeah. I mean, it didn't, I don't know. I've, I was always kind of, especially when I was in that troupe, I was always a little bit like, okay, well, if my sketch doesn't get in, what do I have? What's the next best thing? And then I found that anytime I wrote a song, it would go really well. So the next time I wrote mm-hmm. a song, it usually would get in mm-hmm. because it it was something that, you know, like, the Skechersons itself was missing. Like not a lot of people were writing musical comedy. So it was nice to have that fresh outlook too on things and a different like vibe from just doing a, a, a like fully written worded sketch. But mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. So it was, it was awesome. It was great. It was a really good experience. So fucking good at musical comedy and musical (laughs) improv and your voice. You're so fucking good. And I want to ask you about that too. Um, (laughs) I'm curious. Like, I want to ask you how to do that. No, Um, I'm curious. (laughs) So then what was it like going back to New Brunswick for the first time after moving to Toronto and I guess feeling freer in your voice or at least freer to explore what your creative voice was more authentically? What was it like going back home for the first time? Um, well, I haven't been back very often, if I'm being honest, because work has kind of kept me in Toronto. And like, I definitely haven't performed in New Brunswick since I left. Um, so I don't know what that would be like. I'm sure that I'd be fine. I feel like I'd be very comfortable going back and being like, this is who I am. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess I did recently do... Uh, like for KV Players, which was my high school like community theater company. They did a show this summer to help fundraise for their season that they lost mm. due to COVID. And I got to do a Hamilton parody for them. So I guess that was the first time that I had performed kind of as myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, even Because even back then I was very quiet. In high school I wasn't, like I was in performing arts and like I did musical theater but I was very like quiet and on the like like trying very hard to just keep in the chorus and you know survive (laughs) why do you think that why do you think that is I mean also hold on I also want to preface I feel like there's this idea or there's this message that we get that like shyness is something to be fixed or that it's a negative thing and I really really do not like subscribe to that belief at all. Mm-hmm. I think some people are shy and they're shy and they're still fucking wonderful. Who cares? Stop trying to like yeah. shame the shy out of kids. <laughs> uh, it, it drives is. me crazy. But 
Um, I guess just that the, I guess, please tell me if I'm, if I'm off base here, but it feels like when you're talking about being shy, it feels more like, you know, you just, you wanted to hide and not necessarily that it felt like an, a natural thing. I don't know, but, but why do yeah. you think, yeah. Why do you think that was when you were a kid? Um, I think it was more of a confidence thing. Mm. Also, you like probably, I mean, if we think about our childhood selves now as adults, you're like, mm -hmm. oh, I probably was quieter because I was closeted, but also because I was closeted, I had no confidence in who I was because my mm. identity was missing. Yeah. <laughs> you we know? just diagnose like, ourselves. Like we're just, just like, fully. oh, this is all. Yeah, we're just like Freud, Freud, <laughs> or we just whatever, grab. I mean, maybe someone yeah. less problematic than Freud, but we just Freud, yeah. grab, or, no Freud. But I feel like at this, like, I do feel like I did lose a bit of confidence for like a while. And, and I was very lucky to have a couple of teachers who very much believed in me in high school mm. and helped me help push me into the direction of, of being able to be a part of theater and pushed me to be, uh, take initiative and do all of those things. And, uh, I yeah I I I think a lot of it was just a confidence thing and but I do think that that does at the end of the day connect to mm -hmm. not knowing your own identity because mm -hmm. in high school like I mean in high school who really knows their like yeah. what they are or what in their twenties what they want to do thirties who knows who like, we are yeah. <laughs> we, yeah we never really know yeah. um, <laughs> but I think in high school too sometimes people think they know who they are, pretend mm -hmm. they know who they are. So their confidence is there. And mm -hmm. then there are some that don't. And I don't, I think I was one of those people, even though I was outgoing, like I was still a bit outgoing and mm -hmm. I was friendly, but I, w but I was like shy and I was a bit quieter and I was always afraid to kind of speak up and say, you know, what I was feeling or what my thoughts were, even though I'm sure I had great ideas, I just didn't have confidence in myself to do them. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. yeah. And that mm -hmm. still happens. It lingers with me today as an adult. <laughs> I'll sit down and I'll be writing a sketch. I'll be like, this is garbage. I'm a garbage <laughs> writer. I'm a, I'm not a good comedian at all. Why am I here? Like, you know, and then you have something change your mind the next day and you're like, no, yeah. I'm okay. I'm just in my head about it, you know? You can just, I'll send you a sound clip of me reading off all of the amazing credits and the, and the awards. <laughs> and then you can just be like, oh God, I'm a garbage comedian. And then listen to that. You're like, well, maybe I'm kind of great. Guess I'm okay. <laughs> maybe not. Yeah. Guess I'm okay. Or I mean, I mean, or you could just, you know, turn to your partner and she'll tell you you're fucking wonderful. Yeah. And then you'll be like, okay, I'm good. Or just look in your dog's eyes. <laughs> yeah. Just honestly, Maggie? that's the fix. Look in your dog's eyes and you'll just yeah. be like, oh, my you'll probably cry more, but it'll be out of love. Yeah, yeah. it'll be <laughs> okay. Yeah, it'll good. be yeah. all right. It'll feel okay. <laughs> um, I guess also like I'm thinking of in high school, like, I remember in elementary and more in elementary and like early high school, just feeling, and I should say, I should clarify later elementary, just feeling mm -hmm. so much like dating pressure and just so mm -hmm. much like, I don't know, just so much, who, do, who do you like? Like, that's just yeah. all the topics of conversation. And I feel like it's uncomfortable for 95% of the people. Like we, I think yeah. a lot of people act like, oh, this is fucking great. But I remember being like, oh, everyone's playing truth or dare again. And I want yeah. to clear I Die. Clean, like I would just be like can I clean the chalkboards like teacher give me detention like please like I don't and losing friends because I didn't want to play and I guess you know I I know you mentioned <laughs> I keep saying this but I did I did want to you know read up and do my research but I know you well, mentioned on you. another of course of course I loved it I love learning about you um Ooh. and I, I just I don't want to ask you questions you've already you know been asked before and stuff so um but I know you mentioned on a podcast like because you came out at 26 you didn't 
start dating. Like you didn't really date through high school and most of university. And I just think of all the pressure that is, or, or significance Mm -hmm. or, or emphasis that's put on, like I'm quoting love and like dating and, and, Mm -hmm. and how much that ties into a teenager's identity. I think a lot of the time. Yeah. And so like, what, what, I guess just, what was that like? I often wish that I waited, waited longer before I started dating. And I feel like we had opposite situations in that. So I'd (laughs) love to hear like, what was it? Yeah. What was that like? I mean, like, I feel like at now as an adult, I'm like, eh, whatever. I mm-hmm, maybe mm-hmm. as a uh, as like a teen, I was. I, I mean, people would try to get me to date guys, and we would date for a day, like you do in middle school, and then that would be that. Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> and I don't know. I just I think I was so invested in like everything else that I was doing that I didn't really care. And I think obviously deep down I wanted to date women, yeah. <laughs> like. Yeah, that was really. that. And I don't think I had any interest in men whatsoever. And there, mm-hmm. you know, there is always pressure to like date and do whatever. But I was kind of like, meh, I'm okay. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm I'm chill. I'm fine. Uh, I didn't really feel a need uh, at that time to, to do that. So mm-hmm. I, I, and like thinking back, I'm like, I don't really have a memory. I mean, I feel like I'd also then like go home and like write like fictional tales you know that were what I wished would happen it's like Mm. me dating this girl that I had a crush on who was in two years above me but wouldn't that be fun like older (laughs) woman too oh yeah 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 yeah. do you remember is there a specific person in mind do you remember what she was like I'm trying to think I feel like I had a crush on everybody and I still like I (laughs) I feel like in high school and like first couple of years of university I was like that person's really nice she's very pretty I like her <laughs> singing voice uh you know so I could never tell the difference between was it friendship was it like a talent crush or was it a full-on like I have feelings for you crush yes. um fuck I'm yeah that's so hard especially when you're yeah. younger like I remember I remember thinking like I for sure have a crush on this girl and then when I was older it's like I don't think I liked her her I think I just like that she could draw really well and like Mm -hmm. and or or there was a one of my first boyfriends when I was like (laughs) whatever 11 12 it would like literally do you want to sit beside me cool I realized now oh no I just really wanted to be his friend but I didn't think that was possible like I didn't think that was allowed it's so interesting where the (laughs) where the hell kids figure out those like lines are but it is it's and you don't think until you're an adult especially when you're like closeted and queer that you go back and I just realized in the last couple of years and I'm like oh I I for sure this is why I was jealous of this thing or I was jealous of that I'm like it's because I had a crush on the person and I didn't fully want to admit it mm-hmm. you know like mm-hmm. and I got called like in grade eight and like this person is a friend of mine and I know like but this girl like fell asleep on my shoulder and then she called me a lesbian so everyone in school started calling me a lesbian I was like I'm not a lesbian turns out they were right uh <laughs> which you know but at the time you're like I'm still figuring myself out and now yeah. you've caused a traumatic event <laughs> to make me feel like it's wrong to be that thing you know so and now I've said I'm not so now how yeah. do I like oh fuck yeah totally I actually remember in grade one um my friend came to me and said if you find girls pretty then you're a lesbian and she said it to me as if being a lesbian was a bad thing. Yeah, because it and was. I, I, and I'm like, 
I'm, I remember counting on my fingers and I ran out of fingers of how many girls mm -hmm. I thought were pretty. And I started crying oh, and no. I, I, and then she told me, well, if you find boys pretty handsome, I guess, yeah, then you're not a lesbian. And I was like, okay, there's boys. I think I'm also, this is wild that this is grade one, but I know this is grade one. It's just wild to me. Now I'm looking, thinking of a grade one yeah. anyway. And then, um, and then she told me that I could be bisexual and then I cried again. And I was just, and I'm like, this is grade one. Like, yeah. what are, what's going on? What's going on? Kids need more. We need some more education. Like we need to be told well, more things. I mean, that's the problem. I mean, best, uh, at least back in like when I was growing up is that there wasn't a lot of, the only mm -hmm. like references really to lesbians that I knew were mm -hmm. Katie Lang, mm -hmm. Ellen DeGeneres. Mm-hmm. And I feel like there's one more. Oh, Rosie O'Donnell. <laughs> Rosie O'Donnell. Yeah. I was going to say, I think that when I, yeah. Yeah. And to have and you watch the, three like, people the... be like, like to be, to be the definition of like, that's, that's way too much pressure. So oversimplified. Like, yeah. come on. That's like wild. Yeah. Well, and also like when Ellen came out on TV, it got such backlash and that was mm. like a huge thing. And I feel like that's what it was for like a lot of people when, when she came out, it was her all that backlash and getting canceled and getting ostracized from Hollywood and and all of the things that happened to her that were awful mm -hmm. you see that and you go I see what I see now mm -hmm. Ellen tried there's nowhere else to go <laughs> like Ellen tried Ellen tried and for, for no uh, no fault of her own uh, but she didn't fail that's the no. that's the thing is that she didn't fail at all she actually like succeeded quite a bit and mm -hmm. it took I mean, but it did take like 10 years for her to come back. Mm -hmm. But then it's interesting because that happened to Ellen. But then you have somebody like Katie Lang mm. who did of like similar things, like was very open and like was like dating Madonna and like all of these like tabloid whatever. And she did the the Vanity Fair cover shoot with um, uh, Cindy Crawford and everyone knows that 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 Katie Lang's queer, but I don't know if it's because she was in music and not on television, so it was mm. easier to like wrap your head around because you don't see it as often. But I like she she wasn't as ostracized. Like she mm. won Grammys, like she won huge awards. So it it is interesting when someone decides that something is wrong. Yeah, and like you by know? what criteria? Criteria? Like why? Why yeah. is one? What, 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 you know, why was Katie accepted and not Ellen in that, in that sort of mm -hmm. way or not ostracized in the same way it is. And I'm sure too, trying to figure out, you almost want to calculate it and figure out. So the hurt doesn't happen to you in the same way. Cause you're like, okay, well, if I can just figure out how she managed to do it, then like maybe. Yeah. And know, I'm sure maybe. Katie Lang was ostracized a bit as well. Like I'm mm -hmm. sure she suffered, uh, things from the, the industry, uh, it just seemed like, and I don't know if this is just my own perspective of what mm -hmm. I maybe think, is that it seemed like Katie Lang was so genuinely being herself mm. in everything she did, and she was like, had such a fuck it attitude, and almost like she didn't listen to mm. people around her and just did what she wanted to do. And I, it just felt like people were like, well, that's Katie Lang. Mm. Where Ellen, Ellen already had like, told America who she is because of the Ellen show. Mm -hmm. And it was like, I'm straight. I'm dating men. I'm doing this. I'm doing this. And she was almost 
the actor became the caricature of the character Ellen. So mm. it was like taking Ellen DeGeneres as an actor and a comedian and then Ellen the character and it was like I, I like you do, you, do you, does that make sense? I don't know it if does. that makes any no, sense. No, it does. It does. <laughs> like <laughs> I'm like trying to explain, but I'm like the Guinness. I've had half of it. Um, <laughs> Just blame the Guinness. No, I, I, I do. It's almost like, um, it's almost, it sounds like almost America's like, you lied to us in like yeah, a really kind of. stupid, unfounded way. Like they don't deserve that comment, but that's but like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That That is what it felt. And that's, I think how, why it hit Ellen so hard is because mm-hmm. they were like, you told us, you told us on your show who you were and what, what, what like what you were in quotation marks mm-hmm. uh and now you're saying you're something different and we don't like that and the networks didn't like it because and i don't know my mom always said too and i've said this a few times so i'm sorry mom i love you but she said <laughs> she stopped watching the show and she was like it wasn't because ellen came out she was like the mm-hmm. show got so serious because they were trying to deal with the issues in a way mm-hmm. that stopped being comical mm-hmm. and did it and it became so serious um so I feel like that lost a lot of viewership too. And that's what can happen sometimes in comedy is you try to do a POV or a topic that may be a bit harder to do and it can sometimes cross the line of like preachy or mm. uh, or or just a little bit too heavy, I guess. And mm. you lose the magic of finding the, f- the comedy and the fun within a dark situation. Mm-hmm. And it's, oh my God. And it's, it, it's so hard to know how to navigate it too, because you can't, or I shouldn't say you can't, but you got to figure out that like almost seemingly perfect recipe mm-hmm. of acknowledging it and, and like your own and your own feeling of integrity, whatever that means to you. And you yeah. know, all, all of those flavors and figuring yeah. out how do I stay funny and appeal to everyone, but also fuck the people who, yeah, I mean, exactly. you can't really say, well, fuck the people who are assholes to me because Mm-hmm. She's on a TV show. It, yeah. Oh my God. It's uh yeah. so it's so it's so sad now to see Ellen kind of in a different light too, because you can never mm. forget what Ellen did for the queer community in like film mm. and TV. Uh but then you see what apparently they've been doing lately, which is the opposite of what they're telling people, you know, like it's the yeah. op- like again, I, but again, is it that same idea of Ellen, you told us who you are. Mm-hmm. But Ellen's a personality. Ellen DeGeneres on her TV show, I don't think is Ellen DeGeneres in real life Mm -hmm. because it's still, you're a TV personality. So you're putting on a front of whatever the network wants you to do, whatever uh, your management is telling you to do. You have all of these people around you telling you what to do. Mm -hmm. And then maybe when they're not around, you're something different. So it is interesting to look in in that light of like, Ellen I don't think has ever really been Ellen. But I don't know. That's my that's my point yeah. of view. That's I'm like I don't know if Ellen's hand, ever. Like, uh. I'm like, please don't yell at me. No, everybody, please don't yell at me. Do not. Ellen yell was at her. Ellen don't. was canceled. Remember, yeah. Ellen's been canceled. <laughs> I think as authentic as somebody can be in the personality that they portray on like mm-hmm. a talk show, of course you're gonna highlight parts of your. First of all, in the first season, you're still gonna highlight parts of yourself that you think are going to be the most favorable in that specific medium. And then yeah. as years go on, you're going to curate it more and more. It's still going to be parts of yourself, but you're right. There's no way Ellen DeGeneres on the show is Ellen DeGeneres in real life. And that's not even in a negative light. And I think it's unfair that we all expect her to be that mm. way. Like 
Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I think it's kind of gross the way that we expect celebrities to be what we need them or want them to be anyway. Yeah. Like, I think it, I think we're quite, yeah, sick in that way. I think so too. But again, I think it's because we've been, it's been ingrained in us mm-hmm. in through tabloids or like Entertainment Tonight and all of those kind of celebrity talk showy shows i don't know are they all <laughs> are they all tabloid shows is that what they are like what's the name for them i don't even know yeah <laughs> <laughs> but i feel like we're 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 showed these people in the light that their pr teams want us to see them in yeah and so it's hard to imagine what these people really are like unless you n- absolutely know them or you work mm-hmm. with them on something and get to know them yeah. uh you know and I think it's I think it's hard but I mean Ellen there's been so many stories so it's like it's know, hard it's to so not believe hard. I know I know and then you want I know it's so I'm always like I'm always telling people like you know if someone reads a tabloid magazine and they're like oh mm-hmm. did you hear this and this and this I'm like you don't know those like do you know how fabric like do you know how minuscule oh, the yeah. amount of information we know like we you know we can't just write someone we can't just say oh they cheated on this person how awful like we don't fucking know what's going on and also then, like yeah that person could have like an open relationship and i'm sure everyone i just talked yeah. to, to alessandra vite about this but saying that probably most people in hollywood hollywood have open relationships because they're all these sexy celebrities so they're probably <laughs> gonna sleep around like right? I, don't, I don't know and it's like you can't judge somebody for doing something unless mm-hmm. you know the full truth about but then that's the other thing that it's like all of these lies of like well then just be honest that your mm-hmm. relationship is open because then if we find out that it is and you did this it kind of feels like you're tricking us a bit to get people to pay attention to you you know like mm-hmm. i mean half the yeah. time i think scandals in hollywood are all set up it's right? all they're all set up oh, especially with real housewives <laughs> and they're all like you called the tabloids and then that's what taught me that's what i where i learned like oh you they they do that on each other yes. i know and it's hard to know too i'm like well like part of me is like well they don't owe us any information but then also like i don't know where that line is i don't know what contract you sign when you become famous like i don't know what the well, <laughs> i don't you know what is what yeah, is the fine who knows? i don't know it's we don't know. And they all have PR teams. They all have lawyers. Yep. They have everything. So it's like yeah. there are things like, I mean, and it's fun. It's like it's fun to think about to be like, well, what do they do? Like, do they all What's get happening? together like and talk about what what they could do? scandalously to like promote their film or like you know yeah. like I don't they, know, like you know how you break world. a season in tv they like break their year they're like all right mm-hmm. what's gonna be my season arc this year who am i gonna have a like yeah. yeah totally i don't totally. think i would ever want to be that famous fuck no uh, no no that's I don't want terrifying it. no I it's can't scary. even handle like ending a podcast episode and walking away and wondering <laughs> what my guest thinks of me. Let alone. No, uh, no, there's no way I want to pick my nose in the car. I want to like, uh, no, yeah. I don't want to be famous. That's I just no. feel like it would be so stressful and you would probably lose so much of who you are that it doesn't yeah. seem worth it. Like no. it doesn't seem worth it to like, I mean, but I don't know if I was on the Big Bang Theory making a million dollars an episode, 24 episodes in a season, I, I might think I'll differently. Take it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, I, I might think, yeah. I might pull a Kaylee Cuoco, you know? Like, who knows? <laughs> yeah. I think if I became famous, I would just up my therapy to more than once a week. I think that's oh, they what must. I would do. They, they have to. Yeah. Like once, like to. maybe three times a week. Because I also think that is a lot of time that you're spending 
um, thinking about yourself as like, who am I as a brand? And, and mm-hmm. like to, in a very calculated way. And I don't know how much you actually just get to live your life. I think that can be like really, yeah. really insular I mean, and like scary. Even now I think about how to like brand myself and it's mm-hmm. like so stressful. Cause I'm like, oh, I gotta post in specific ways or I have to think of ways that will get a specific group of people to like follow me or like mm-hmm. me. And it's, it's truly like pure, it's, pure chaos social media has made our lives chaos <laughs> I, know. I love it I do like I do like it a bit like I don't not like it but I do find that I get to a point sometimes where I go I've been on I've been doing this too much and I need to need a full social media break <laughs> yes oh my god yeah social media burnout is so real so mm-hmm. so how do you sort of I love this because I so often am like, I'm not a brand. Like, you know, you'll say like, you're the, you're the brand, you're the product. Like you have to think of this mm-hmm. and on social media and all these things. And it's ironic that you say that because I, I've actually thought about this late, like recently about <laughs> you. And I'm not lying about on me? This. Yes, about you. Okay. Because I promised myself on this podcast, I would be very honest. And I would also say okay. things that normally I would just keep inside. I wouldn't tell you. Okay. I have thought lately, um, I've been like, fuck, she has a really great Instagram brand. Like you do a really great job. I think you do a fantastic, I feel like from your Instagram, I feel that you are being thoughtful in an authentic way, but thoughtful about what you're posting. And I was like, good job. I really like this. Yeah. (laughs) Thank you. You're welcome. I, I, um, I definitely think quarantine kind of made me go, it made me stop and go, okay, Oh boy, live theater <laughs> might never happen uh, again. There's the potential, you know what I mean? Like there's yeah, the potential yeah. that it's like we're in this electronic virtual world for a long time. So I was like, what are A, some skills I can build that mm-hmm. aren't just acting? B, how can I build myself up? Because technically I'm a business, like I'm mm-hmm. the business. My personality, my my work, my body is I'm the business. I'm taking a drink, fuck yeah, you're so, so right. like, like, let me drink while you say this. You know, <laughs> and it's so, it was kind of like, okay, what are the things that I can do now in this moment where I have time? Mm-hmm. And one of them was, I was like, I, I like looked at a bunch of social media, like a bunch of Instagram accounts that I like enjoyed ones that I was like, oh, they get big hits a lot. Uh, and I was like, how do I brand myself? And my girlfriend kind of was like, if you want to brand yourself as queer, then just do it. And I think I was also really afraid to do that, too, is to, to brand myself just queer. But then I was like, no. Those are a lot of the people that I am obviously catering towards because that is just my POV and my person of who I am. And, you know, like figuring out things too in my journey through life, like quarantine also made me question my identity and who I am and like mm-hmm. what I what I like identify as or what my my like I don't know, like what's the word I'm looking for, but my title, like title, that's not the word, like but your pronouns? my like, label, my label, label, my pronouns, but also my label of like, how do I label myself? Because we, we change as human beings constantly mm-hmm. as we're growing. And when I came out, it was like lesbian was, I was like, that's what I understand. I like women. And that's, it what, was that's also, a lesbian. <laughs> it was probably the only, <laughs> like the only alternative to straight that was offered to you. Right. Yeah. I had known about, like gay, lesbian, bisexual, mm-hmm. trans. I had no I had known about those. 
that for me, mm-hmm. and I'm sure non obviously non-binary has been out there and like two-spirited, I, I knew a bit about, so I knew a bit about everything, but mm-hmm. in my mind I went, I like women right now and that's what I know. <laughs> and then, yeah. you know, during COVID too, I like spoke with some friends and I was like, I don't know, like I feel like myself, but I was like, is lesbian the right label? And I'm like, I, I do feel like a woman, but sometimes I don't. So it's like, I was like trying to find something that fit who mm-hmm. I felt like I was. And sometimes that's a hard thing with labels is because you might feel a little bit from one thing and a little bit from course, another. Yeah. So it's like, okay, but how do I, can I just combine those? <laughs> like, <laughs> which, Can I hybrid those know, words? Like what the hell? Where, hybr- yeah, totally. And I did, I did research and I was like, cause the one word that for me that felt the most like I related and I didn't feel like I related to non-binary as, as much as I thought I did for a bit. And then mm. I was like, but I do sometimes do feel more feminine and then sometimes they feel more masculine. So then genderqueer kind of came in and I was like, but I still like lesbian. So I'm like genderqueer lesbian. I'm just going to go with it. And I talked to my friend. I know, you know, uh, you know them, um, Kaya Green, who's like wonderful and very yeah. like lovely and such a kind human being. They're so they're brilliant. And they're such a, a, a wonderful person to like talk, to speak to about these kind of things. And they kind of were like, you know what? You can label yourself however you want. You can go by Fuck whatever yeah. pronouns you want. Mm-hmm. And one day you can say you feel strongly to go by this pronoun and then the next day you can change it. Like mm-hmm. and that's the thing with the world. So it's the same with your branding. Like I'm going to mm-hmm. bring it back, but at the end of the day, you know, it uh, like I uh, labels are important. Labels are very important. Um, I didn't realize how important labels were until the last little while. Because for a long time, I was like, I don't want to be labeled. I just want to be Trish. Because it was so stressful. It was stressful. Because you're like, what if I label myself wrong? Then people in the community will judge me. Um, And that's a big fear, too, is like being afraid of your own community uh, uh, judging you. Which is like so silly because you're supposed to come together and care about each other. And it shouldn't matter. But it does. But it's very real, of course. It's very real. And it's vulnerable. Yeah. Exactly. So it is kind of like, okay, how how do I do that? But then also thinking about your branding, it's like your branding can change at any moment. You're still the same person. <laughs> like <laughs> if you decide that you're like, cool, I want to do all my pictures in this fun, this way with this kind of style. And I'm going to be very thoughtful about what I post and why I post it. Or you could change that the next day and start posting whatever the fuck you want. Mm-hmm. It's still you. You're at the end of the day. It's like, you're the brand. Like you're the business. So whatever you are and whatever you want to do, that's what the brand should be. Mm. And people are going to, people should, if they enjoy you and enjoy your work and enjoy what you've been doing, they're going to keep following you. And then the people who don't want to, you're like, well, then you clearly didn't like me to begin with. You just liked this idea that I was putting out, which is also fine. This sliver of me or whatever, but I'm not for you this month or this year. And maybe last year I was, but yeah. Yeah. And that's going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. Branding, branding is hard. It is, it is, you have to do a lot of research. You have to have a lot of people like, I don't know. I like always like. I, I legit did so much research. I watched a bunch of vlogs. I like did everything to learn everything I could about how to brand Instagram, YouTube. I'm learning TikTok. It's mm-hmm. it's fine. Uh, <laughs> like it's fine. It's going it's fine. It's going if, fine. <laughs> if I had time to like put into it, I would. But like right now, I don't. But 
Um, and that's the thing is consistency is another key, right? Is being mm-hmm. consistent because once you're not consistent and that doesn't mean like you have to put something out every day, mm-hmm. but like if you're going to leave your, your brand for, for like a month, you might want to tell people so they know not to leave and all that you're not gone. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> God, it's so, it's so like, cause it's almost like thinking of yourself as a brand is, it, at least from was that a great sound to hear listeners <laughs> yeah, great like yeah that's so fabulous it. i'll just do that nice. that should be my opening music now i'm just like <laughs> <laughs> um <laughs> okay uh when i think about branding often to me it feels quite dehumanizing like mm-hmm. in yeah. you know because because it is very much about like consistency and i remember in acting classes they would give you the exercise and i actually never did it i think i was like too scared like too much too much stakes right. too high stakes for me but they would tell you to go ask like 20 people to describe you in, in three adjectives and it was very you know and and that and and collect mm-hmm. all that sort of information and to me branding because I think there's a, obviously there's many, many ways to do it, but I think you can sort of go from, okay, what do people see of me? Like go from outside inwards. What do people see? What do, what do people get from me? What is my, like, it used to be like, what's your hit? Like, what are the castings yeah. that you're always what's getting? Yeah. And then I'm like, well, fuck that. I don't want, no, I'm not going to brand that. Mm-hmm. I don't want that. I want to no, of course. create my own stuff. So, you know, going that way in doesn't feel right. And then sometimes going from the inside of like, well, I don't fucking know what I have to offer or I'm still figuring <laughs> out who I am. How am I supposed to brand that? It can be an, a very, you know, confusing and h- hugely daunting mm-hmm. because really it's like, well, who are you? And I'm like, well, when the fuck do you figure that out? Cause I guess I'll start yeah, my no brand when I'm dead. Yeah. And then, <laughs> and then when you're, my, that's my brand dead. And then when you're talking, you know, there is very much that pressure of it's almost like a contractual pressure of like, mm-hmm. okay, so you said you're the cool edgy tattoo chick. So that's what you have to be forever. And if you're not, then you were, then that, you were like posing, like that was a mm-hmm. fake identity. And now the people who kind of re- that resonates with feel cheated and betrayed. Mm. And it's just, it's a lot of feelings and scary things that I'm like, I have no fucking idea <laughs> how to do it. How- yeah. But what you said is like, in re- it's like, it, <sighs> we do change as humans like mm-hmm. every 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 year we're changing every seven years we shed our skin when we get new yeah. skin thank you know god. like yeah thank god because sometimes god. i get very dry um <laughs> but uh, winter is but coming are we shedding yet what is this the seventh year so what's soon. happening so, so soon. soon so soon <laughs> or like our taste buds change like we as we get older we change things mm-hmm. change and i think the like fans or people who are fans of you, who are fans of you, mm-hmm. for you, for you, Amanda, or for me, Trisha, like who like us as who we are, are going to continue following you mm-hmm. if you change. It's like, I'm a huge Spielberg fan. I've loved Spielberg since I was probably seven or eight years old. He's my favorite director. I love all of his movies. And What's interesting about him is he, when he got older, he kind of said, you know, I'm, I'm done. He was like, I did everything I wanted in terms of fantastical, uh, fantasy, um, these big blockbuster films like Jurassic Park, E.T., Close Encounters, Jaws, all of these films that were from his imagination. Mm. 
So he was kind of like, the things that I wanted to do since I was a kid, he's like, I've done them. And now as I get older, I've become more interested in historical pieces. So that's mm -hmm. why a lot of his films now are like, you know, Lincoln. And they're not as great because they aren't as fantastical. But he's still a phenomenal director. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean he's not a good director. It just means maybe the stories now are a little bit slower and a little bit... Uh, not as interesting and not as fast paced, but he's still mm -hmm. a wonderful director. And mm -hmm. I'll, I'll never not say that about him. Mm -hmm. You know, like War Horse is a, is a beautiful film. Uh, Munich is a beautiful film. Are they like, are they Jurassic Park and E.T.? No, <laughs> but they're still so beautiful and so mm -hmm. wonderful. And it's like, you know, even Spiel, like, I mean, he's Spielberg, so he can probably really do whatever he wants, but he changed <laughs> his brand and people were mad, you know? Yeah, yeah. And I think the people who are true fans of Spielberg probably stuck with him and have watched all those movies and maybe have been like, it wasn't great, but the direction was still phenomenal, you know? So I don't know. I feel like as humans, we are allowed, we should, and this is probably advice I should be giving myself, but we, we <laughs> should be allowed to allow ourselves to grow and change as yeah. we, as people grow and change are like, brand or our whatever we are in this acting entertainment music mm -hmm. industry world <laughs> can change it's just like you look at like the Beatles too like the Beatles changed they evolved mm -hmm. people stopped liking their music because they evolved but did that mean everyone stopped liking them absolutely not people still followed people who were true fans of the Beatles stuck by them during you know like when they went from I don't know something like Abbey Road, I don't know what came first, but I'm going to mix up things and Beatle fans are going to be mad at me. But you think like Sgt. Pepper, where they started to get into more like of this like wild, like acid trip, we're on drugs, music. People were like, this is crazy. Mm. But they were still the Beatles and they were still brilliant. So mm. uh, I don't know, like it's it's just interesting as in this entertainment world how how people can view us but forget that we as people can change mm -hmm. so i don't mm -hmm. i don't know if i that could have been the stupidest thing i've ever said <laughs> what no no as i'm talking as i'm talking i'm going this trish stop talking stop talking you're speaking so stupid okay, everyone's remember, gonna be like no. she's dumb <laughs> oh my god okay everybody go listen to my episode on <laughs> With Trisha on one more round because I said the same thing and then you told me yeah. all of your guests remember oh this is like that's my twilight music and I don't think it's right uh twilight zone but, but I shouldn't say twilight you... that's my vampire music <laughs> oh, love twilight <laughs> love twilight someone just retweeted what was like one of the biggest like I forget what they called it like like what like rickroll ever is the i think it's from the last twilight movie where it's that big battle and like everyone dies and then all of a sudden she shows that it's just been her showing the the vision of the future and they're like <gasps> and then the battle never happens <laughs> those endings so you're often like, oh, i'm come like on. are you kidding me yeah it's you're like, it's like Da yeah, you're like, you're like we gotta oh, have steaks. So Come cheated. on, up the yeah, steaks. Yeah, what the fuck? Totally. Oh my god. <laughs> but it is what you're talking about. Like, I. It's so funny that you're like, I don't know. Maybe what I'm saying is stupid because if it is, I'm on board because I've been thinking about this a lot. And <laughs> that, like, I think we all go through. Like, we have to figure out this balance between how much of it is for the audience and how mm -hmm. much of it is for us. Because mm -hmm. when you, I think, and I don't want to speak for anyone else, but like, I 
got into this because I loved creating and I loved the Mm -hmm. feeling of creating and I loved the feeling of performing. Um, And when you are, especially like, you know, improv, if you're taught to chase the laugh, which I was always like, that's not, no, no, Mm -hmm. that's unhealthy for me specifically, psychologically. (laughs) I am not going to chase the laugh in a show. I will do my own shit if it's a laugh. That's not happening. Um, But it is very difficult to sort of gauge your success by things other than what other people think, because you're like, you're the performer, you're the, you know, you're the jester, you're the clown, you're the, it doesn't even have to be in comedy for those things to resonate. And so it can be difficult when you're like, oh, okay. So I know I had these huge amount of people love me for this specific thing. And now I'm growing. And I think I want to do this other thing. And I lost a bunch of those people and to not see that as a failure, but just to see it as something different as a growth, mm-hmm. as a progression forward, I think is really difficult to yeah, recognize. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I don't think it's dumb what you're saying. I think okay. it's be- Thank beautiful you. and magical. <laughs> I fucking love what you're saying. Well, I'm curious for you, you were saying, you know, every seven years we shed our skin and, and, and as people, (laughs) and you said, as people, we change. I'm like, I don't need Mm -hmm. to say that you said that. Like, that's just a thing. Uh, We change. (laughs) Heads up everybody. Yeah. I just want to, that's going to be my quote that I make for you. (laughs) No, people change. Um, (laughs) Actually, you know what's funny though, I will say is that I think I've said this before is that when I was younger uh, and I heard there was like a random Taylor Swift song that came out where she said, sometimes people change their minds. And Mm -hmm. I'm not exaggerating when I said my mind was blown because to me, I very much grew up thinking what I tell people and my actions like our promises, like their contracts. Mm -hmm. If I tell you, or if I, if I act like I am this specific person, then mm-hmm. as soon as I stop being that person, like I'm a liar and I'm like betraying you. So yeah. change is not. So when she said that, I was like, what? It's okay to change your <laughs> mind. Anyway. So that's why I'm also indecisive because decisions mean too much. Okay. Yes. My whole question for you, my point of this is, okay. I'm curious how you feel your brand changed creatively, your creative brand before COVID to now. Ooh, I guess. I think I just had more time to focus on it, if mm. I'm being honest. Mm-hmm. Like, before it was, like, when I thought about, like, in terms of, like, are you asking in terms of, like, my social media brand or, like, my creative brand? I think, I think, like. Both. <laughs> all of it. Just everything. Um, I guess if you were right now, and you don't have to actually, you don't mm-hmm. have to, yeah. I mean, you can if you want, but you don't have to, like, give me a log line of your brand or anything. But. Okay. If you, okay, you're like, damn it, I have one ready. If if you were Don't. to, <laughs> no, no, that, I think that's, I would never put that on someone because I would shit my pants if I didn't I've that. been waiting for someone to ask me this question. <laughs> yeah, you're like, I've wanted to put it in my Instagram description, but I haven't uh, yet. I've been trying ready. to pitch it around <laughs> CBC. When did this episode come out? God damn, come on, Comedy Central. Um, <laughs> I, guess, I guess what I'm wondering is if you were to sit right now and think about the creative brand that you were putting out there before COVID and the creative brand that you are, putting out now how are those two brands different like definitely wasn't putting out intentionally before Mm -hmm. COVID it was just kind of whatever was going on uh and now I find I do it more even though you still want to get likes and you want to get follows I kind of feel like I want to do like my brand now is is more thought out Mm. and it is more about being queer and it is I mean, but also about like careers and like things and more about being like 
I don't know. I, it's hard to say if I'm being honest on it or not. Like, I feel like I'm being honest when I do mm-hmm. it. I'm like, I'll take a picture and be like, I liked what I took, but I'm definitely taking more of an interest in how I take a picture or how I look on it. Mm-hmm. Cause I want to, I want to come off presentable. Um, I think being more honest to myself and like really like delve, like diving into that queer world. Uh, I've gotten so many more follows from people in the queer community, which has been so lovely. And I've met people through like, that's the thing is like a couple people that have like followed me on Instagram. I've had on the podcast because we're both like queer creatives who are doing things in like the, the queer world and Mm -hmm. I find that so interesting or like I've had people reach out like this um these people who run they're called the tiny host on Instagram and they they run these like little uh like airstream airbnbs uh up in blue mountain in Collingwood and they reached out being like I love your Instagram and they're not queer I don't believe but they do a lot of queer content uh for their their social media and stuff and they were like we'd love to have you up sometime uh and it was like so it's like also gaining um, what's interesting about once I switched and made my brand consistent and using consistent like hashtags and like very much trying to appeal to a queer community. Mm-hmm. And, and obviously I, I'm comedian too. So I'm like straight people. I'm not just for the queers. Like, you know, <laughs> like you can also enjoy what I'm posting as well. Uh, but I felt like once I started doing that and I was more consistent and it, over the last six months, I gained, like, you know, you I, I don't have a crazy amount of followers. I don't even have 2,000 followers, but, like, I probably gained five 500 followers in the last, like, six or seven months, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. And it's, it's things like that, like, putting yourself out there and making mm-hmm. yourself known and being, like, I'm a comedian, but I'm also a musician, and I do this, and here are the things that I do. Um, being confident in yourself, too, mm-hmm. to be able to post. Because I think for a long time, I was like, I can't, I, it's again that that idea of I can't post about being queer. I for some reason I was like, what if somebody finds out and they come to my house and they beat me up or like mm-hmm. you know like you know which is like insane because my brand is queer. So I but doing it on social media was strange and now I'm like whatever it's a fucking hashtag like who gives a shit? Mm-hmm. I am that and I that's my community so I should be able to like I started I haven't been I haven't done it in a little while but I started an Instagram account that my girlfriend suggested I started called before I knew I was queer and it's all like nostalgia which I love and it's so fun I haven't done a post in a while but uh just I'm gonna get back to it for anyone for any of my 89 followers um I'm one of them's me so please get back to it yes fun (laughs) it's a great account Uh, I loved it I think it's fun and it was just like something that she was like you love pop culture and you love Mm -hmm. nostalgia so she was like why not just post and you can write a little thing and like whatever and I was like yeah something for me to do and the whole plan was that maybe it'll eventually turn into a blog or something you know and so it's those things too those little tiny steps of of being not afraid anymore to just like put yourself out there and not and like social media is scary I've also just started getting into Twitter I try to tweet every day but usually my (laughs) tweets are just me being like I'm doing this fun thing and then every once in a while I'll have a joke that hits like but (laughs) I was also on your Twitter today and I was like shit she she's good at Twitter I was like I I used to be really bad and I've just (laughs) I've just again stopped caring what people think I'm like I don't care I, I don't care anymore I'm like I I half the time I don't know the people so if they are upset at me for something 
and like whatever. Like yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna stand up and I'm gonna support the things that I want to support and I that I think are very important mm-hmm. in our world and the things that are going on and I'm going to share them. And if you're annoyed by it, I don't need you to follow me. No, <laughs> you know, no. like oh my God, I'm that's fine. the other thing. Following is a choice, people. Let's it's all choice. remember that. The trolls, I'm like, then unfollow. But I think I think the benefits. I'm saying this without anything to back it up because I, I would love to do like, I need, mm-hmm. I'm, lo- I'm hearing this and I'm just like, let this soak in thinking the benefits of just being yourself a bit more boldly online outweigh the negatives of uh, a stranger named Henry, mm-hmm. not liking you. Cause you're like, well, fuck Henry. I don't even think yeah. I really liked him any, or I, I probably know. wouldn't like him anyway. I don't know him well I enough know to him. know. Yeah. I don't know you, Henry. 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 Fucking Henry, you know? Henri, whatever. Yeah, fuck Henry. Hashtag fuck but Henry. Should true. we add that to our brand? Yeah, no. hashtag I, fuck hashtag Henry. fuck Henry. Poor yeah. Henry's. Henry's yeah. are like, Why? Poor Henry's. I know. Hi, Henry. <laughs> and I feel bad. I actually really like the name Henry, too. Um, I could imagine, too, it being... I guess it like comes back again to that, like, is it for you or is it for the audience? I actually yeah. remember... Okay, so I actually remember on... Um, the Bedpost podcast. Yeah. Hi, Lady Pim. Love you. Hi, Lady uh, Pim. Love you. God, Lady <laughs> Pim has like the best fucking laugh yeah. in the world. And I you know. too. You have a really great laugh too. You you guys <laughs> together. This is something I'm very, I've become very attuned to since starting a podcast is people's laughs. Like there's some people's mm-hmm. laughs I'm just obsessed with. But um, <laughs> the episode with you two was so great because I got to listen to you both laugh. It was so fun. Um, <laughs> but on that podcast, because this makes me think of it, you were talking about, um, okay, so you had written a song as a part of a second city main stage show that you were mm-hmm. doing here in Toronto. And I believe this, I saw this, I saw the show. I saw the song. I'm pretty sure the song was called, uh, well, as an audience member, we don't know for sure, but I think it's called bad lesbian. I'm yeah, a bad you're lesbian. Right. Yeah. Okay. So is it, I'm a bad lesbian or bad lesbian? Just bad lesbian. Just bad lesbian. Okay. Love it. Bad <laughs> lesbian. So good. You fucking killed that song. Um, and I remember you talking about it on her podcast and I am completely paraphrasing. These are my words, not yours. So uh, please, please. Yeah. Let me know if this isn't, if this is misrepresenting <laughs> your experience as well. Um, but you were talking about how, because second city has, you know, the audience, typically the audience members that we talked about earlier, mm-hmm. um, that you sort of felt like in order to get your point across or for your jokes mm-hmm. to land with the audience, mm-hmm. you almost had to like, again, these aren't your words, but like almost dumb it down. Or you almost had to teach them about certain things in order for them to be able to understand the jokes. So it's like you, you have these jokes that you know are funny. You have this song that you know is funny, but you almost have to teach them about queer culture in order for them to understand that, no, this is actually funny. And also the queer culture that I had to kind of teach them. Like I tried a million jokes off the top of like, Mm -hmm. I'm bad at this. I'm bad at that. Like I'm not a, I'm not good because I don't know this. And like the things that would have killed in with the queer audience fell flat because they didn't know it so it was like I had to like say that I played softball or I like like it turned into stereotypes like very Mm. stereotypes I mean and still the ones in the comedy like the comedy the queer community are also stereotypes but I had to like stereotype those stereotypes for the audience that I was playing to which it's just what it is because they have and again I'm not speaking for every single audience member and I know neither are you neither are you and but it's almost like because their knowledge base was so narrow and frankly, this is my opinion, not yours. And so much narrower than it fucking should be (laughs) that you Mm -hmm. almost have, you have to cater to that. And I guess I just wonder, okay, first of all, that's a lot of fucking extra work on your shoulders (laughs) to just be able to do a song that is 
I'm just going to say it, objectively fucking funny, but you have to do all this work so that people can understand that it's funny or, or be <laughs> able to get the jokes. And I guess I just wonder, like, how do you maintain the fun for yourself in those situations where like, now is this becoming a teaching scenario for you when like, that's not what you should have to be doing, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, and that song did turn into very much a, uh, like it kind of turned into what it wasn't originally going to be. Ooh, uh, so, you know, yeah. well, the idea of that song came from, I'm a bad lesbian because people say I should do this, but I'm, but the idea it's again, that label of like, yes, I am a lesbian, but that doesn't mean that I have to do all of the things that you say you have to do if you're a mm -hmm. lesbian or like why people are like, you've never seen the L word. So now I'm watching the L word, you know, yeah. like it's like, yeah, so that's and then the song ended up turning out, you know, about cunnilingus and all of this stuff, which was fine. And it was so it was funny. It, the song was funny and it turned out very well. Um, mm -hmm. But and also I felt like with that song, what benefited it being a bit more not subdued in any way, but more of a song that was for. A, I guess a straighter hetero audience mm. um, allowed me then in the second act to present a scene that was a little bit more of a heavy POV from a mm. queer perspective because it's like I it was kind of like a and that was Rob's direction too and Rob's you know uh, you know setting the running order as well it felt like I could get them on my side with this fun, silly song that mm -hmm. was dumb. And I mean, some people still hated it. Uh, and I could see it on their face every night. Well, um, they can unfollow. They can leave. Bye, Henry. Yeah, they can fuck leave. Bye-bye. Hashtag fuck Henry. <laughs> fuck Henry. Um, uh, but then it allowed me, I think, for the people who it didn't offend, it, it like made people kind of like enjoy me more and I was palatable. Mm -hmm. Made me palatable. Um, as what a, a sentence as a, to have to I say. I know. It's great, but it is. It's true. Made me palatable as a lesbian. Yeah. Made me palatable. And that's the same with, like, you think about Ellen. She was palatable. Uh, and I don't think that that's something. And that was just on me, too. I don't know if I have that fear anymore after doing that show because I'm kind mm -hmm. of like, whatever. I should just be myself. Mm -hmm. And I was myself in that song. That's the thing, as I was. Mm -hmm. that's, my br that's my brand, my style. <laughs> um, but I do think it allowed me to be more palatable so that when. Claire McConnell and I did the conversion therapy scene. Such a good they, scene. Oh my could, God, Trisha. Thank, thank you. you. Sorry. Thank you for that no, scene. That you. was first of all, also, that was such a fucking good show. That it was, was a, it was a great <gasps> show, yeah. My partner and I came to opening night and we were so excited and we were just like floored. You all did anyway. I interrupted you. Please you. then no, so no, sorry. No. Then when you when you guys did that that scene, please continue. It was a nice interruption. It was a beautiful interruption. <laughs> Let me interrupt you to tell you tell you how much I fucking love that show. And that scene, oh my god, that scene was so good. And like I hate that I'm saying this word, but I'm failing at thinking of a better word. Like mm -hmm. it was just it felt very I feel wanky right now in the words of Nicola Dempsey. I feel wanky saying this, but it felt bold and brave mm -hmm. and it felt like a gift. Like it really felt right. like, thank you for doing this scene for us. Like, yeah. Anyway, I really, yeah, was it was, it was one that also like, it came out of something I said and Rob was like, I think you should try to come up with a premise for, for this POV that you have. And, and Claire, it was very much a, a a a dual project. Claire and I, I Claire McConnell is amazing, and we work very well together. Hi, and Claire. it it 
Hi, Claire. Hi, Claire. Uh, hi, Claire. Uh, and it started. It started as one thing, and then eventually it grew and it grew, and it like it was hard. It was a hard mm. scene to do because it was such a difficult subject, and we wanted to do it justice. But mm-hmm. we also, again, you want to make the audience feel comfortable. Like I don't ever want to feel preachy at an audience, mm-hmm. uh, but I do want to make a point and maybe teach them something not teach them that's not the right word but have them leave with something they didn't know before it's Mm -hmm. not teaching them about something it's just being like hey here's maybe a different way to think about this perspective Mm -hmm. from from me um and that scene was so fun to do because it not only was it fun because i got to wear a wig every night but also (laughs) like you know that scene was important to me because also at that Mm -hmm. time conversion therapy was uh very prominent in um in Canada, there was a lot of like debates going on around it in Alberta and New Brunswick, and so it it and to me the POV just was basically conversion therapy is fucked, like it's fucked. It's a fucked up thing that happens, and it doesn't make sense to me, and I didn't understand it. And then we also tried to look at it from a parent's point of view of being like, well, why? in the world would a parent send their kid to something like that? What's going through a parent's head? Uh, And we did a lot of research and yeah, it just, but doing that Conalingus song, (laughs) I think set up the, it nicely for the audience to be, for it to be more palatable for them to then actually be able to listen and take in this scene in a comedic way. It was still very funny and it wasn't preachy and it was very silly, but it was still like, Hey, this thing is fucked. Like, why would you do that? Um, and yeah, and then it set up the next scene too that I did with Natalie where it was like two women who just haven't had sex and it was like trying to have sex with each other. Oh, so, yeah, you know, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, which, you know, is great. And the audience can also get on board because that's a very relatable subject for a straight or a queer par- partnership, right? So, mm-hmm. yeah, so I don't know. It's it's interesting doing comedy at at like a place like Second City mm-hmm. where and obviously Second City has been talking too about trying to diversify their audiences and trying to make sure that it is no longer just a straight hetero cis white audience you know like corporate suburban corporate audience. suburban <laughs> yeah. audience and yeah. I, th- I think that's just with time it became that and I think with time hopefully it can undo that and more people can f- and that's with them diversifying their stages like this mm-hmm. last show, which we didn't get to open, which is very mm-hmm. unfortunate, you know, had a, uh, me, Andrew Bichelle and then Cassie, who is two, like the f- first black woman on the stage in like 10 years. And then having chills. two black people on that stage along with a queer person and two women and only one straight white male is huge. Mm-hmm. And and to me, I'm like, not enough people were talking about the diverseness of the cast. And then also our director was a female. Our uh, 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 our Mark is BIPOC, who is in our booth, and Ayaka as well in on the keys. So it's like the, the whole crew of that show was incredibly diverse. And that wasn't, and no one was chosen because of their diversity. Everyone was chosen specifically because of their extreme talent. Mm-hmm. And if people have gotten, gotten to see the show that we just did, you would yeah. see that. Mm-hmm. The talent, like the, the stuff that they came up with and we came up with in, you know, an amount of five weeks over Zoom. Over was Zoom, crazy. I was going to say, yeah, wow. So, you know, it's, I think too, by them, 
actually opening their eyes. And we're very lucky in Toronto, I will say, uh, having, you know, Gary Rideout Jr. and Carly Heffernan at the helm of Second City, um, who are fighting for the little guy. Like, they're mm-hmm. fighting for us, which, mm-hmm. you know, because they know and they understand. And it's not to say that, you know, Second City Chicago or Second City Hollywood aren't doing that as well. And, I mean, I don't know because I'm not there. Uh, mm-hmm. But they are much bigger. They're much larger. Like we're pretty small in Toronto. And I mean, most people don't know we exist, which I don't understand how that's possible <laughs> the, because the, the, the SCTV, like, <sighs> yeah, like know, come on. SCTV is what made second city really extra famous. And Catherine O'Hare and Eugene Levy and John Candy and a little thing all, called shit's all Creek of them guys are, are all from can Canada. Yeah. Um, you know, like Gilda Radner studied at Second City Toronto, not Chicago, you know? So it's like, mm-hmm. I know, I, and like, this is me being like, I've had a Guinness <laughs> and I'm like, you know, I love my, I love Second City and I love doing the work that I get to do there because yeah. it is important and it is, I feel very lucky and very blessed and very privileged. And um, I'm I'm happy with where I believe the company is going. It's mm-hmm. it, from from everything that I've seen anyway. First of all, Congratulations on your second main, like getting cast in a second <laughs> main stage cast. That's fucking huge. Listen, that's fucking yeah, huge. And, awesome. and I was really heartbroken for, I guess I should, I guess I should give context that. Mm-hmm. So the second show, the cast had to write it over zoom, including Trisha. Uh, and then we're going to open the show. So it was shorter, safer, and still so funny, right? That was the name, shorter, well, that safer, was and still the, so funny? Yeah, that was the improv, improv version. So then we had switched oh. over to the 84th review. So this was our second time. So like we had had another mm-hmm. cast for the 84th review, and then obviously during COVID, other pe- people get other things and things happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but we had already been writing our first show, mm-hmm. and we were four weeks in. We were halfway through when the first lockdown happened. And then... Uh. Then we got a brand new cast and they were like, we're going to do it. It's going to be fine. We were only going to be running until November. And we were like, this past weekend, it was, we were supposed to, we did a soft open on Thursday Mm -hmm. and we were supposed to open next week. And then it didn't happen. And it closed down. So you did the soft open Thursday and it closed Friday. So you didn't get to do another. Did you get to do the Friday show? We did the both the Friday shows. So that was great. And like, yeah. But yeah. And then it shuts down. It is. First of all, just I'm so sorry to hear that. Like, like, oh, fuck. In those moments, like in something like that. And I feel like COVID is just right now is so of that for lots mm-hmm. of people Everybody. in lots of careers and yes. so I'm, I don't want to say that like ours is special or unique in this way mm-hmm. uh, but just specifically talking about in entertainment and the arts we are so at the mercy of what the public is how how seriously the public is going to choose to take COVID yeah because uh shit's gonna shut down if if the numbers mm-hmm. are too high as it as you know as safety precautions as they should but how how do you keep yourself feeling positive or hopeful in these moments of such like professional heartbreak or discouragement? And please let me know too if like wounds are too fresh and you're just no, like, no. I don't fucking know yet. I don't fucking know yet. <laughs> I like it's it's crazy because when it first happened, it was mm-hmm. like sad, but we kind of knew we would be back. 
yeah. we were like, we will be back at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know when. I, like, So when we did get to come back, we were like, great, this is awesome. We're back. And I kind of had it in the back of my brain, and we all did. We all kind of were like, we're going to get shut down at some point. We just mm-hmm. felt it. We knew it. But I think our hope was like, maybe it won't happen until the end of the of the show or at least we'll get a few weeks in before it gets shut down so to have it shut down when it did right before we were gonna open was absolute and and knowing that that building is closing like his second city is getting a new um Mm -hmm. a new location in uh, i think 2022 (laughs) maybe the end of 2021 and then we just 2020 something i don't know um (laughs) Uh, and I know they're going to have a, a space in the interim and everything. So it will come back. It will be mm-hmm. great. Uh, but to have that happen twice, it, we talked and it was kind of like we don't want to get our hopes up about anything anymore. So we're trying to stay very equal level mm-hmm. about anything now. Because so, I'm like, anything can happen. Literally yeah. at any moment, my brain is like, anything can happen at any moment. So I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing and hope for the best. And I'm here for whatever second city wants to do. If they want to do something I'm down, but I'm not going to get my like hopes up that the show will be seen by an audience. (laughs) You know, (laughs) I'm willing to create, like I'm willing to create, I will work with people. I'll do whatever, but it's, it's the same with like film too. Like things happen. Things happen. COVID happens. Some COVID is going to make its way onto a film set and the set's going to have to shut down for a few weeks and then you'll Mm -hmm. come, but then you'll come back. So it is like during COVID, I feel, and it's hard for some people because I feel like some people don't have that. I can't find that mentality or that motivation to kind of create on your own, but we are at a stage now for creators where we have to be creating on our own if we want to keep creating because mm-hmm. who knows what the future holds. And I know that that's maybe a bit dark and a bit uh, scary, but at the same time, there are so many outlets that we can't be creating. And yes, I know maybe it doesn't pay, which is the hard part. <laughs> but if, if you're someone like me and you just create because you love doing it, you can do it whenever you want. There, mm-hmm. There's opportunities out there and there are other like, creatives who want to be doing stuff as well so call somebody up say i've got Mm -hmm. this idea let's work on it together uh i want to film this sketch let's film it together i want to start a podcast do it now there's no better time what's the worst that's gonna happen (laughs) yeah what's the worst that's gonna happen no one maybe not many people listen to it you get 60 people listening who cares like whatever because because you're right like creating it might not pay you but like what you're getting out of it what you're getting back from it like the feeling of getting to create (laughs) You yeah. get heart dollars. You know what I mean? Like you get you're, heart getting, you're getting paid in heart dollars. And right and now, you keep your brain moving. That. And yeah, yes, and, and that muscle I mean, moving. And that's not for everyone. That isn't mm-hmm. for everyone. And yeah. that's okay too. That's mm-hmm. also okay if you're like, I don't want to create anything, but mm-hmm. don't feel guilty because other people are creating. Oh, yeah. Feel totally. like you have to be, you have to do what is best for yourself. Mm-hmm. And if that is doing a thousand sketches every week, great. Or if it's <laughs> sitting at home, watching tv all day or reading or doing something that's makes you happy then do that mm-hmm. i like i think we have to stop as creatives and i'm i'm very bad at this sometimes too of seeing somebody else doing a bunch of things and going i have to do that i have oh, to keep up yeah. if i don't keep up i'll be lost people won't remember me and it's like that's 
that's, that's not going to happen. That's a lie. Yeah. We're, t- yeah. Oh, and it's like, and it's hard too, because during COVID, I remember seeing people creating and thinking I should create and then doing mm-hmm. that and feeling so immediately burnt out. And then seeing people online who were just like, Hey, I'm laying on my couch and I'm, in den- <laughs> I, Hey, I just woke up and I'm like, fuck, all I should be doing is resting. And, and it's all these shoulds. <laughs> like you really gotta just know yeah. what do you need? What do you need to do? It's funny yeah, that exactly. you say that. Okay. Cause I, I, uh, Okay, so this is a this is this perfectly leads into this next part that I've been the most nervous about talking to you about this whole podcast. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, gosh. so I'm gonna take a no, I'm not gonna take a drink. That's such a dick move for you. Okay, I feel like I need a drink, but that's like <laughs> I shouldn't. <laughs> What's the question? Okay, this is the other issue is I preface my fucking questions before I ask them, and then like you're out <laughs> of the joke. Like that's not fair. Okay, so a few months ago you started a fabulous mm-hmm. podcast called One yes. More Round with Trisha Black. that's not the music I just started singing but I was like I shouldn't sing because that's confusing because your music is so good in the podcast I don't want to cheapen it with what I just did um (laughs) and in the podcast you interview again I hope I'm not misspeaking here you interview people that you admire and who Mm -hmm. you want or who you might want to know more about or who you think listeners should know about who they might Mm -hmm. not know about yet which is so wonderful and you chat over a drink I think you call it um like an East Coast kitchen party, but without the kitchen, which I fucking yeah. love. What a great one. I fucking <laughs> love that. I learned about kitchen parties when I went out to Newfoundland and went to a kitchen party. Nice. And I was like, this is the best time of my life. It's yeah, the best. So I love it's the best party. thing in the world. It's the best thing in the world. I love it so much. Um, okay. So um, I have an admission to make that. Okay. Okay. So when you announced that you mm-hmm. were starting your podcast, I immediately went into a downward spiral of comparing myself. Yeah. Oh yeah. Hardcore. My hands are sweating so bad. Cause this is so shame. Like I'm so embarrassed of saying this. Um, I went into a downward spiral of like comparing my podcast to yours and feeling incredibly inferior. I was like, Oh fuck. Like oh, no. our premises. And, and also I should preface like the premise of my podcast. And I don't mean to say this about yours too, but like, it's mm-hmm. not, um, it's not like a, you how do I say this? I think my podcast is wonderful. I think your podcast is wonderful. Yeah, I don't think great. my premise. Thanks. I don't think my premise is like a super unique idea where I interview mm. people I'm interested in and we have a drink. I think that is not no. like a unique idea. So our, but so the comparison in my head, I'm like, oh my God, our premises are similar. We're from the comedy community in Toronto. So fuck my life. Like our guests are probably, they're probably going to have some overlapping guests naturally. <laughs> and this was my thinking. I was like, oh my God, here comes like the more, the better, more successful version no. of, oh, that's what I was like, of the thing I was trying to do. And everyone who we both know is going to compare both of our podcasts and then feel sorry for me. That's no. the spiral I went into. And then I was like, then I felt so ashamed at how negatively I would like talk to myself. And I yeah. really had to take a look at it. And like and I was like imposing this like comparison between both of our art when I really should not have done that and I'm like then I thought okay you know that was actually so I already had you on my list of like I really wanted to ask you to be on the podcast. you're on my list from ye- from like years ago you've been on my list I have the receipts um and then I was like well fuck can I ask Trisha to come is it weird like is it incestual now in some way I really spiraled Trisha like I was like clearly clearly and I was like this is all my shit like oh my god I'm comparing myself so hard and I just really thought like she's she's at a place in her career that I would 
judge as more successful than where I'm at in my career. And her podcast is going to be a more successful version. And she, the people that I am bringing on as guests, like I've never talked to you. I've always wanted to talk to you. She's going to be like, Hey, best friend, come on and chat. And I just was like, I'm a piece of shit. So this is what I want to ask. So then I was like, Oh fuck. Cause then I almost was like, now I don't want to have her on. Cause I know if I have you on, my heart is going to be like, you have to talk to her about this because this is about coming clean with things. So this is what I want to ask you about. Um, how the fuck do you manage feeling creatively less than with other people or do you, or when you, when you do find yourself comparing your work to other artists work, how the fuck do you get out of that hellhole? And I'm going to take a drink while, Ooh, while I in- please like really <laughs> listen. I'm really going to listen to this. Okay. I'm well, so first sweaty. of all, anyone watching God, right now, please look don't. how sweaty I am. You're so ah! funny. Ah! Uh, I'm so glad no, I no. fucking said that. I've been so stressed about that. <laughs> well, what's funny about that is that I decided to do a podcast and I was thinking for so long, I was like, what do I do? What do I do? And like, I was like, I, Honestly, I had only listened to like a few podcasts. I listened to Mark Marin and I I've listened to uh I've I've listened to like true crime stuff. Uh not a lot of interview mm-hmm. things and my mentality was like and I think I told you this yesterday where I was like I want to like maybe someday host a talk show or do something like that. So I was like I can do a podcast and build my skills and have some fun. And I started building my podcast and the idea of it and everything. And then I didn't know you had a podcast and I think you had had about four episodes out when I started launching mine. And then I was like, Oh fuck. I was like, fuck. Amanda has a podcast. I was like, shit, they're almost the same. I was like, but she just interviews women. So that's okay. And I was like, I'll make mine more like conversational (laughs) and music based and, and, but the whole time I was like, she's going to think I copied her idea. And I was like, I didn't oh. copy the idea. <laughs> really? Oh, oh for sure. God. And like yeah. I told, I told you yesterday, it was like, I started like basing my social media off of yours. Cause I was like, oh, right. I got, I should do more quotes. Or I like the style of like how you kept it all in like the same style. And so, you know what? We all think the same things really. <laughs> it's I'm true. From flattery. <laughs> <laughs> Really but am. I did. I was like, oh, shit. I was like, oh, man, Aww. our podcasts are very similar. But then I kind of got out of my head about it because I was like, no, I was like, there are there. Like you said, it's not like it's a unique idea. What makes no. it unique is how is the person who is it's us is 100%. us are the hosts. Yeah. Right. So and like for me, I, I, I very much. Uh, stylized my podcast similarly to Mark Marin's mm-hmm. in that I, you know, I talk off the top and I always end with a song. So for me, I was like, this is more like, I was like, it's very much in the style of like me. So I was like, I don't mm-hmm. think it's bad that I was like, anybody could have a drink with anybody at any time. I just, you know, <laughs> like, who cares? Yes. <laughs> like, whatever. Well, and also too, I think like at that time, so I think when yours came out in, was it July? Like mine was still, I think mine came out in April and yours is in July. So they, so at that time they were both very new. And so even if Mm -hmm. like, of course, I'm sure both of us put like, like you said, like we, you know, we planned it out and all these things, at least for me, I feel like I still didn't really know what it was until like you sort of figure it out as you go to. And of course, like now I totally feel that I feel they're both just like, I see that they're both like of course they're different Mm -hmm. we're we're different people so but in the beginning that was still at a time when I was panicking because I still hadn't figured out exactly I still don't know what the fuck but you know what I mean when it's earlier in the idea you're like Mm -hmm. oh my god figure it out quickly like oh my god panic this is gonna be awful and uh (laughs) 
And anyway, I totally interrupted you, but, but no, no, no. So you compare yourself to other artists too, please. Always constantly. How, how do you get out of that? Trisha? Constantly like, how do you, I how do. do you, how do you like make sure that you, cause it's so hard to feel like unique enough or special enough in your, in your voice. And I don't even think this is unique mm -hmm. to artists, honestly. How no, do you, it's, it's, yeah, it's hard. It definitely is hard. Cause then you see it's hard because I don't know, you see, fr especially when it's like a friend or something, a friend mm -hmm. has gotten something that you're like, ah, fuck. or they're doing something that you're like, ah, fuck. That was uh, such a good, ah, fuck. Ah, fuck. that was so like, cute. <laughs> cool. You're like, they're doing such a cool thing and I want to do that. And I'm, I'm, I'm jealous in a way that's not like toxic. I'm jealous mm -hmm. that I'm proud of the person and I'm happy for them, but I'm like, mm -hmm. how do I, how do I do that? How do I do mm -hmm. the best? Or, or when somebody does something better than you, you're like, Oh, fuck, I was trying to do that and now they're doing it better than I am and you're like, damn it. Ah, fuck. Like how like how do yeah. I and then you just kind of have to get out of your head and and I mean my girlfriend's very good at bringing me back down and being like, but you're different people. Mm -hmm. Like so if somebody gets something that I'm like I was trying to do that or if somebody like I don't know you think about like YouTube, <laughs> like mm -hmm. somebody really makes it successful on YouTube and you haven't and you're like, oh, but I've been trying so hard and then you have to realize you're like, yeah, but you and the other person are very different. You're appealing mm -hmm. to very different like audiences. So of course mm -hmm. things are going to be different and that's mm -hmm. fine. And you can still be very excited and very happy for your friend's success. Mm -hmm. And then you just kind of have to go, you always have to kind of come back to, I'm not the same. We're not the same. We, we have different ideas and I'm, I have successes and I've done great things. And then it is just being like, okay, well then how can I be better? How can I better myself from this feeling of, but I want to do that. Do I just do it or do I do something else that make that I'm good at, you know? Cause we're not all good at the same thing, even though we want to be like, I know at the end of the day, I'm not the best writer in the world, but I, I, I can write. I'm just not the greatest one that there was, you know, like I know that there's still things that I can improve upon when writing. So that's why when I want to do something, I team up with somebody who is a really good writer who can take my ideas that I know I'm good at and help me flesh them out. So it, I think it is just being reminding yourself that you are different than the person you're comparing yourself to. You're yeah. your own person. You have your own strengths. Uh, and, you know, they have their own strengths and they probably are different strengths, you know, and you have to then channel your strength into something that you like to do. I think, I think that's what you have to do. And I mean, we all get jealous. Jealousy is a thing, but it's how you treat your jealousy. It's like, yes. if you get jealous and you become very like toxic and very mean and very upset that the person got something, then there's a problem. But if you're jealous and you're like, well, I just, I also want to do the thing, but I am proud of you and I'm very happy and excited for your successes. Because, you know, everyone has different successes. So I, I feel like I've said success a lot of times. <laughs> We're manifesting it. We're putting it out for ourselves. We're manifesting success. Ah, fuck, so. success. It's coming. Ah, fuck, success. Yeah, I, <laughs> ah, fuck. I just love that. Um, yeah, I totally agree with that. I, I find that my comparison, like I'm realizing my, the, the pattern of my comparison. Ooh, God, can you tell mm -hmm. I had therapy today? So like maybe I'm a little mm -hmm. like, <laughs> we can tell. <laughs> but I tend to go like instead of the, and maybe this is jealousy instead of like the jealousy route, I compare, feel less than, and then wonder what the point is of me doing the thing when mm -hmm. someone else already did it better. Like, I don't even, I don't even go to the place of like, 
oh, I, I wish I was doing that. I'm just like, oh, I just wish that I could do my way of doing it, but it would be good. You know what I mean? It's that weird because, um, because I totally agree with you. I get really fresh. Like, I really think when you feel jealous and I think we also like think of jealousy as such a negative thing and it's just mm-hmm. a flag. It's just a signal from your body, but it's when my jealousy should never be anyone else's problem. Yeah. It's, it's me. It's really just me telling myself, Hey, I wish I was doing something or that I'm not, or I wish I wasn't doing something that I am. Like, it's really just like, Hey, make a choice. You know, that's mm-hmm. really all it's telling myself. But I, yeah, I think, uh, I, I love to what you're saying. Like, I think there's a lot of pressure to feel like you're the best in things. Like you have to be the mm-hmm. best or what's the point. And being like, no, I can just be really good at something. I don't yeah. have to be the best at it or team up with people that have strengths that you're feeling like, oh, I have these other strengths and you'll compliment mine. Mm-hmm. And, and I think really just uh reality checks of like, Hey, uh, you're still great. So let's, let's go read all your credits. Yeah. Let's, uh, I'll let's read, read them. I'll read, I'll read, read my credits to myself. Be like, remember, <laughs> Uh, I'll stare in my remember dog's eyes. Things, like, really things. Stare in the dog's eyes. Everything's fine. <laughs> I think at the end of the day, you just kind of have to believe in yourself, you know, more than you think. And that's the hardest thing to do is to truly just be like, okay, great. This person got that thing. I'm going to try to find the thing that will do that for me. Yeah. And just yeah. always be working and always be busting your butt to, to try to try and try everything. Try it all. Don't limit yourself to one, one thing. Yeah. Oh, I love that. And just believe in yourself. Yes. Believe in yourself. Yeah. I believe in you. Anyone who's I listening you. right now. Amanda, I believe <laughs> in you. Listening. Listeners, Trisha, I, believe I believe in you. you. Um, I believe in everybody. Oh, I love you. I, oh my God. I was being like, I love that. Like, I love you. I do you love, love you. I, love I think you you're too. a wonderful person. This has been nice. Yes. Okay. So to wrap up with you, I have mm-hmm. like a fun little thing to do with you. Okay. 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 So one thing that I learned about you in all my research and by being on your <laughs> podcast is you the are research. so fucking good at references, Trisha. Like it okay. is mind blowing. Okay. So <laughs> you just seem to have this like wealth of knowledge and quick recall, like, which we know with my memory, I do not have. So you do not have. I thought this is fun. I'm not going to quiz you. I'm not going to quiz you. I promise. Okay, Although okay. that would be that might be fun because you probably fucking ace it. I okay, mean, so this is what know, I'm though. thinking. <laughs> oh, we don't know though. Please don't do that. You're like no, 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 no. Um, I okay. get panic at tests. <laughs> yes, no, no. We are not testing you. This is all fun. Listen, if you had a test, you just aced it. It was fucking wonderful. Um, sick. Okay, sick. <laughs> You're so good at like these. Like, I don't, it's because I can see when you like slowly go into the mic and you just say like a little line like sick. oh fuck sick it's oh, so fuck. good i can't figure yeah. out how to get like a ringtone on my phone but i would love to record your little voices <laughs> and every time somebody like texts me it's like oh fuck <laughs> oh fuck oh fuck sick sick shit, shit you do voice shit, work shit. you should if you don't if you i'm trying i'm trying okay great everybody <laughs> me too okay hire us for voice please hire, hire us, us. Voice. do you hire hear us. these do you hear? Okay. Um, okay. So this is what I called it. I called it T Black's Recos. Okay. I don't know. Okay, okay. So I'm hoping that you can give me a recommendation okay. of either a movie, a TV okay. show, book, podcast, a social media account, if you would like, okay. for okay. each of the following purposes. Okay. Okay. He- so what would you, what piece of media? Or, mm-hmm. or any of those things that I listed, would you recommend I go to in order to feel informed on current events? I think 
on current events, on current events, probably I think The Daily, which is a podcast, is really good. Uh, I find... Also, I really like the host because he he's a good journalist yeah. and he's very unbiased, which I think is very important in journalism. And we lose that a lot uh, lately, I find, uh, mm-hmm. is people swinging to one side or the other. I think the daily is what, what my suggestion be, would be. I love that. I've been listening to I that like every that. day for like a month. A great, I love I love it. Yeah, like it's a great podcast. I mean, and I don't yeah. think it's an original. It's not an original answer at all. But I don't I care. Think it's, it's your reco. It's my reco. It's perfect. It's That's perfect. That. Or, I mean, you could, like, I mean, if you want to go the comedy route too, I do think, um, like, a Seth Meyers or The Tonight Show are both very good. Okay. Too. I if love you're like, I don't want to listen to a podcast, but I want to watch some funny, but also be informed. Yeah. Okay, and that's American. That. That's American. They're all American. I'm trying to think of Canadian. We don't mm. have as many. That's the problem. I know. A lot of ours are, like, you know, I, like legit I, I I'm trying to think and I don't know I like go to tw- I truly go to Twitter a lot I go to Twitter a lot okay uh, and Instagram is really good too there's I think there's def- I think it's defund CA which is an Instagram account that is very good too if you want to uh, be up to date on a lot of the social issues that are happening in Canada especially in Nova Scotia right now with the fishermen and the lop the lobster fishermen that's happening yes. very good it's the ace a plus fucking acing already okay uh where should i go in any of those things to feel creatively inspired i know there is a plethora so just Mm -hmm. like what are you feeling right now to feel inspired inspired. yeah creatively inspired creatively inspired oh my gosh (laughs) um I don't. I go to YouTube a lot. If I'm being honest, mm. I do love YouTube. Uh, I get a lot of my ideas from there. Just watch it, like legit, like typing in something you want to know or learn about, and watching a vlog, and then you kind of end up going on this rabbit hole. <laughs> yeah, of, totally. Of watching different things, I find it really interesting. Um, I've been loving Natalie and Christian sketches. I think they're so <gasps> oh. fun. So good. Um, the newest Pyramid Scheme one is so yeah, good. So funny. And like, oh they're, they're all so amazing. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I've been really, really digging YouTube lately. I, I'm loving the Amber Ruffin show as well. I think that's Ooh, also okay. something that is, uh, if you're feeling creative, like you want something to help you feel creative, I think she's wonderful. Love. Okay. I love this. Um, okay. Ooh, this one's for you. Okay. If you want to feel a little spooky. Just a little spooky. Where do we go to feel a little spooky? A little spooky. Okay. I love spookies. So I've got a few recommendations that I've been doing lately. Uh, Obviously, I think you should watch The Haunting of Bly Manor or The Haunting of Hill House. Either or are very, very good. Um, Do you need to watch them? Okay. Do you need to watch Hill House first? You don't. You don't. You can watch either. Uh, they're, they're anthology. They're on their own. Uh, very good. Very good. So well directed. So well acted. The stories. Oh, I love them. Uh, I also would suggest in another funny realm, even though one of the guys annoys the hell out of me, but uh, it's Buzz, uh, like it's BuzzFeed's Unsolved and they're online. They're on YouTube and it's these okay. two guys who go investigate um, 
a lot of times they investigate like haunted places in the U.S. Okay. And they go in at night by themselves and they do like oh. EKG scans and they like talk, try to talk to the ghosts. And one is a big believer and one isn't. Uh, oh, so I love that. So it's pretty fun because you also get like a history lesson too on why it's haunted and how it was built. But then they also go in so it's kind of scary and it's really fun. Uh, and then I love... Uh, Kristen Zaza, who's on the Sonar Network, her podcast on a dark, cold night is very good, um, as well as the nighttime podcast is very good. You're fucking great. Okay, I just have a couple more. Okay, okay, yeah, um, yeah. okay so where, and I know this is like, okay, so this one's a very subjective one. So for you, where are you going for like a, for something for a guilty pleasure? Something you're like, oh, maybe I shouldn't be enjoying this or like, oh, oh. where are we going? Guilty pleasure. I think a guilty pleasure is definitely just going on like Prime or Crave or Netflix and like <laughs> picking an old 90s movie that maybe isn't good. Uh, <laughs> like doesn't hold up at all. Like it doesn't hold up at <laughs> yeah, all. Yeah. But like you're just going back to rewatch it to see if it does. <laughs> I also think a guilty pleasure uh, of mine is Hubie Halloween. A lot of people hated it. I had a great time. Okay. I want, okay. I am so excited <laughs> now to watch it and let you know because. Because I was like, oh, I mean, my partner and I were trying to figure out a movie to watch. I yeah. don't remember what we watched. But we were like, should we watch this? And then watch the trailer. And I don't know why we decided against it. But I would like I, to watch it. I enjoyed it. I don't know. I, I mean, like, it's classic Adam Sandler, which, you know, can yeah. be problematic in a way because he <laughs> thinks a character with a lisp is a character choice. But at the end of the day, <laughs> at the end of the day, yeah. the the movie is quite touching. (laughs) Like, and and what sucks is like, I felt like a lot of people were like, I stopped watching like three quarters of the way. And I was like, but the lessons at the end of the movie, you missed the, you missed the whole point of the film. Like, hold yeah. out those last, like, because of course it's a dumb movie. It's a dumb Adam right. Sandler Adam movie Sandler, that he made. Of course. With all of his best friends, like, all of these, like, amazing, like, famous people are in this movie, and it's dumb, and it's yeah. silly, and it's stupid, but it has heart at the end. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> so I'll tell all you, right. it's a guilty pleasure. Okay, hold out till the end. Oh, I love that. Okay, and my last one for you Mm -hmm. is, you know, these days we can all feel a little bit isolated, a little alone, Mm -hmm. you know? Where are you going to feel a little more connected to the world? And that can mean whatever you want. Where Mm -hmm. are you going to feel a little more connected? I think feeling connected is watching something that everybody else is watching. Um, So, like, if you're in the world right now, like... So that for me in the last few weeks was watching Love Island. So like a bunch of the, so like Natalie and Hannah and Bodding, a bunch of us at work were watching Love Island. Mm. So it felt like it was, it was connecting or watching Lovecraft Country right now is another big one. Um, Lovecraft Country? What is that? Oh my God. So it's, it's not what you think it is. Oh, okay. Uh, so Lovecraft so Country is, it's a, another, again, if you want like kind of spooky, but it's incredible show. Uh, it's set in the 1950s. It's based on a book and it's all about social, it makes such amazing social commentary um, uh, for the black community and while being supernatural and scary and what? beautifully acted. Yeah, it's on Crave. It's the best. Okay, I have to say, okay, first of all, I mean, I just need to say this now because anyone watching, or maybe you could hear it in my voice listening mm-hmm. too, 
I for sure looked like I shit on that show. Yeah, you because thought you know it was. What? You I thought, thought it was. I, I know. Yes. I saw like TLC because also yeah. okay. I love Love Island. I love UK Love Island, and I I do mm-hmm. watch US. I'm not caught up in the near in the most recent season. So then when you so then I thought, oh, it's like women in the South doing crafts and selling them on like TLC. <laughs> like I thought no. it was a reality show. So then when you started talking about, okay, yeah. Oh my God. Okay. Totally. Yeah, no, it's really good show. And All it's right? like the acting, um, the direction, the, uh, the social commentary again that they make is so good. It is heartbreaking. It is, uh, it is, fu- it's fun. It's oh. a really, really good fucking show. And oh I think everyone God, I should be watching this. it right now, especially with everything that's going on in the world. That and mm-hmm. also I'll give you one other yes, one that everyone please. should be watching. I will recommend this because it is Canadian. It's called Trickster. It just started on CBC Gem. Um, I think everyone should watch it. It's incredible. It's it's also supernatural and it's indigenous. It's an indigenous cast. It is unbelievable. Trickster. Okay. Trickster. Go watch Trickster. That's the first no. one. Go do that before everything else. Before everything else. Watch that first. Uh yeah. But yeah, I think I think um for me, feeling connected in a world where we are very isolated is mm-hmm. doing things that everyone else is doing. And and honestly, if I'll and I'll be honest, it Twitter has been a huge thing too, because it mm. feels like everybody at the same time starts tweeting about the same thing. So you kind of feel all at the same time like you're mm. doing the same thing. Which might be crazy, but yeah. No, I don't think it's, it's like, it's like, oh, you feel like you're, I mean, I realize I've never really worked at like a traditional office space, but what I would imagine feels like you're at the office where everyone's Mm -hmm. talking about the newest thing right now, or, you know, or when you're, when you were back in school or whatever, I think that's such, that is such a great, that was a surprise. That was a, I didn't see that answer coming. And I really, (laughs) I love that. I really love that. Okay. My last question for you, uh, for this, this pod is, I know you love the golden girls. I do. And I have never seen an episode of the Golden Girls. I, re- I know. I really need to watch the Golden Girls. I really, really do. Like, I'm, I feel like sometimes I come I'm across shocked. sarcastic when I'm being genuine. I know. It's a huge disappointment. I also, when I interviewed um, Neelu Handa, and she also loves the mm-hmm. Golden Girls, and I was like, all right, listen, heads up. I'm about to disappoint you. Like, and I'm happy. See, look at my hands. Like, I'm stressing out about it. Um, no, don't stress okay. out. <laughs> no, okay. I'm fine. I'm great. I'm but it's available great. to watch now, so right. you should watch it. <laughs> You're like, it's, it's COVID and it's available to watch. So watch. Yeah. They're 22 minute episodes. (laughs) Oh, that's even better. That's even easier. So which golden girl do you resonate or, or relate to the most? And now that we've gotten to know each other a little bit more, which golden girl would you say I am? That's hard. Is it hard? Okay. That's the hardest question (laughs) I've ever been asked in my life. Imagine I just like ended the podcast right there. And people never I, knew. I don't know because I feel like I feel like I have a little bit of all of them in me. Like I really do. What are each of the pieces of each of the four golden girls that you feel like encompass you? I mean, I definitely feel like I suit a mix of it's hard. It is hard. It's hard. Because I'm even trying to think. I'm like, am I a golden girl? Uh, I think like, <laughs> you know, like Rose has a lot of heart and Dor- Dorothy is really like confident in herself and very like strong. Sophia is wise. And Blanche, again, has that confidence and that sexy like like she's sexy. So that's why I feel a little bit of all of them sometimes. Maybe less Blanche than the rest, but 
But definitely she's in there. Uh, and also <laughs> just they're all so funny. And I feel for you, mm. hmm, I feel like you're a mix of Rose and Sophia, I think. Ooh, okay. How, and I, I have no context to go off. I'm like, no. ooh. So, but so you're like what, sweet. Yeah. You're like sweet like Rose. Mm. Um, and have this like kind of innocence about you, and then, but then <laughs> Sophia is also feisty because there's that side of you as well. I think mm. from what I've gotten to know of you, but I could be wrong. But watch the Golden Girls. Everybody watch I the will. Golden Girls. It's I will. The best written. It's the best written show ever. Okay, I Hands totally down. will. I Hands asked. Um, I asked Nilu which Golden Girl mm -hmm. I was. She said I was Rose. Yeah because I'm sweet and innocent. And then she said touches of Dorothy because she's a feminist. I think that's what she said. <laughs> but to me, that sounds sweet, innocent, and a little feisty. So like, yeah. and honestly, I, that's, that, um, if that's how you see me, that's wonderful. There we go. Thank you. It's perfect. Thank you so we love much the Golden that. Girls. Everybody watch the Golden Girls. I am going to go. I'm going to listen. I have a lot of homework, like, and I liked lot. homework as a kid. And I am excited to do <laughs> the homework that, that I have asked you to yes. give me today. <laughs> yes. uh, well, thank you homework. so much, Trisha, for being on the podcast thank with me you. today. Homework and A pluses because I'm grading it myself. A pluses. It has been such a pleasure getting to know you and it's been like a double pleasure that we got to do both of our podcasts so two nights thank in you a row so much yeah thank you for having me thank you so much for listening to this episode of the liquid courage podcast if you liked what you heard, please help me out by leaving a rating or a comment on your Apple Podcast app or on YouTube or wherever you might be listening from. And if you're like me and you have an awful memory or you just don't want to have to remember when the next episode comes out, hit that subscribe button and the newest episode will automatically download for you. Just like magic. I love it. <laughs> you can also follow the podcast on Instagram at Liquid Courage Podcast and on Twitter at Liquid C Podcast. And if you're still listening, I want to remind you that a pandemic is still taking place. And I don't say that to be a buzzkill or to scare you, but to ask you to please, please continue or start wearing your mask when you're out of your house and around other people. We should be treating people how we want to be treated. And if you want to be safe and healthy, respect the health and safety of the people around you. Please. Thanks again for listening. It means the world to me. Stay safe and take care.